Hello and welcome to Famicast 83, your Famicast for the early part of June 2016. Wow, it's July. I'm your host, Danny Bivens, and today I'm joined, as always, by James Charlton. <laughs> yes. Uh, I won't say anything else. <laughs> Don't want to open a can of worms there. Uh, also joined, again, by Ty Shugert. Boy, me. Care for a bit of your slapping tickle? <laughs> I was trying to talk to Ty there, Cyrus. Sorry. <laughs> Whatever. I'm mixing up the... Anyways, Cyrus, how are you doing? You're here too, right? I am worried about that last comment, but <laughs> still committed to being, being here for tonight. Yes. Well, uh, we got another exciting show for you guys here today. A, spe- a special segment in the middle of the show uh, with a guest from Down Under. He's going to be coming on a little bit later, so you can look forward to that. But before we get into any of that and the news and all that crazy stuff, we're going to first go ahead and kick things off with new business here after the first musical break. it up. And we're back. And I'm going to go ahead and kick us off with new business today. And I think we kind of mentioned this on the last episode, but Shovel Knight has finally made it out here in Japan. It's only took two years. <laughs> but, you know, the game, it's out here on the Wii U and 3DS, and the Amigos out here as well. So everything's all, you know, available, except for, you know, for PlayStation or Xbox owners or any of that type of stuff. So, um, Xbox owners? Yeah. What are those? Not too many of those here in Japan, that's for sure. But, uh, <laughs> it's me. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, the game is, I think we probably mentioned this before too, it is being published or was published by Nintendo here, so there's no chance in hell at this time that it's going to be coming to other platforms. So, but, uh, you Good know, thing. I. The other platforms don't have region lock. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So it's really kind of a non-issue. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, I, we've been talking about this game a lot on the Famicast over the past couple of years, and I, yeah, I, I'm last on the boat to, uh, you know, finally get to try it out. And I, I don't know about you guys, but, like, when this was first announced, I really honestly kind of didn't care. Were you guys, like, super pumped about this game before you played it, or what? Um, well, these are mostly the same guys that made Double Dragon Neon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, since that game, I'm basically the sex slave of this these guys. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy anything. Okay. Okay. Nah, I was in the exact same boat as you, Danny. I I saw it. I acknowledged it was probably very good, but mm-hmm. was completely uninterested in it. Right. And I think what kind of scared me about it a little bit too is because you know it's it looks like it's old school, and I just associate that with like balls hard and just levels of frustration that I just don't want to experience. So, And then, I, you know, too, I, like I said many times on the podcast, I wanted to play it on a, on a Nintendo system. And, I, I, yeah, I do have an American 3DS that I don't even play anymore. <laughs> but, you know, I have a new 3DS, a Japanese one, and I have a Japanese view. So I was kind of just holding out just for all that stuff. And, it, you know, it's fine to hear. But um, I don't know. I think the, the thing that kind of really struck me when I first started playing was just how... I mean, it's, yeah, it's not easy, but it's not, like, super hard, at least to the where I'm at right now. 
and I'm not talking like New Game Plus or anything like that. That, you know, that <laughs> that's that's irrelevant to me. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm having a, a really good time with it. I mean, the controls are freaking fantastic. The visuals are amazing. Uh, I really like the little cutscenes and stuff that they have too. And uh, um, yeah, it's just really kind of hones it in with the um, NES feel. I think that's awesome. Right? Does it feel to you like it's uh? Like a perfect combination of all the good parts of like ten different NES games. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, because I don't know, you get like Mega Man, the original Mega Man, and you're playing it. And you're thinking like, okay, well, you know, his jump sucks or whatever. <laughs> you know, there's there's always some kind of a little nitpick with some of the games you have. But yeah, man, I think you nailed it. This this takes like a bunch of good elements from a bunch of different games to kind of puts them all together, and it's just it's just super, uh, you know, smoothed out and just works flawlessly. Yeah, I think the music's fantastic. I've heard it many times, you know, for editing for the show and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty goddamn good. So um, yeah, at this point, I'm only about an hour and a half into the game, so I got you know quite a ways to go from here. I just got like the fire rod, so I'm able to do more than just spank people with my shovel. So wait, so which, which levels have you cleared? Uh, I beat. King uh, beat God. What's it? The the first guy, Black King Knight I, or something. I beat King Knight. I beat the Black one. The Reaper guy. Not the Reaper guy. He's like a knight that looks like Shovel Knight. Oh um, yeah, yeah. That's the intro level, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's easy. And then I just beat Specter Knight. Yeah, Specter Knight. Just before recording, and yeah, he was awesome. It took me a couple of tries to uh, you know take him out, but. Yeah, I mean, I like it too, because if you die, it, you're not punished like that much for it. You're just like, all right, you lose your stuff. Hope you didn't fall down a pit, because <laughs> you're not getting that stuff back. I do but, love the mechanic that you can, like, destroy the checkpoints to get a load of money. Oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't tried that yet. I'm, just, yeah. I'm not that brave. <laughs> so like, if you're like, yeah, I, I, if you're super confident, it's like, yeah, I can do this in one try. I don't need any checkpoints. Then you can just destroy them and get a reward. Hmm. I'll, have to give, I'll have to give that a try. I mean, is it like a significant amount of money, or what? It's a fairly decent whack. Nothing that's like totally game breaking, but it's like it's a useful increase. Okay. Okay. Well, um, yeah, like I said, I've been playing a little bit of Shovel Knight, and I'm definitely gonna keep continuing playing that. But um, uh, here over the past couple of days, I busted out some games that I have really needed to play for like the past six months, and I didn't do it until here just recently. And uh, these games are actually lent to me uh, by Ty. And uh, I, Ty, Ty already probably knows what's coming up, but uh, I'll first talk about one game. It's called World Fighters. Uh, Dream, what do you got here? Dream Mix TV World Fighters. The Hudson fighting game, very akin to like Smash Brothers. And I mean, you know, you got like Optimus Prime as a character, Bomberman, uh, the guy from Adventure Island. I mean, Simon Belmont's in here. <laughs> it's it's Dude, such a random collection. It's so bizarre. It, it's so bizarre. And I, so I popped it in, and, you know, the first thing you notice, right, like, you know, the visuals and, like, presentation and stuff, it's still, like, top-notch. It still looks pretty good. I mean, despite it being, you know, uh, you know standard definition uh, visuals and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I, I played through the, I think it's called, like, it's, uh, gosh, what's it called? Like, a world mode or something. It's kind of like a, a quote-unquote story mode where you just go through, like, six or seven fights, but... Yeah, it's more like an arcade mode, really. Okay. Yeah. 
But yeah, and in between, like every couple of fights, they have like the, this guy and this chick kind of like commentating. Because you're on this TV show, they're like saying stuff like, "Oh man, did you see that guy? He just, I can't believe he got through those two levels and stuff like that." And yeah, the one guy's a Hulk Hogan look-alike. <laughs> yeah, and he's like a, a villain from one of the Bomberman games. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, he's got some history there. Okay. Okay. Is do you know anything about the other girl? No. Just, okay, maybe just stereotypical. Kind of like ditzy Japanese host type of trope thing there, but yeah, I, I I thought that was kind of you know just I don't know if I'd say well done, but it was just fun <laughs> just to see all that stuff and uh, yeah. Um, in terms of like gameplay, I mean it's not exactly as simple as Smash because I remember I, this first when I first started playing, I expected to be able to jump by pressing you know like X Y, but um you know you have to press A to jump, and then you press B to do, like, a basic attack, then Y is, is grab, yeah. and then X can be, like, a special move for some of the characters and stuff. Yeah, it's a little different. Mm-hmm. Right. But, it's, yeah, it's not too terribly difficult, <laughs> you know, at least I'm not playing on, like, God Mode or anything like that, but, you know, I breeze through the arcade mode, just the one setting, and then I started checking out some of the other... Uh, modes in the game. And um, Ty, I mean, when you played this game back in the day, did you, like, complete it fully or what? Yeah, I got all the unlocks. I think I lost my memory card file or something. Okay, okay. But, yeah, there's some pretty good unlocks. You Mm. got Megatron, for starters. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, um, and uh, Moai, just a... Moai heads? Yes, Moai heads, as seen in Gradius. Oh, <laughs> cool. Yeah, he, he spit. He does two things. He, like, spits donuts and he sticks to surfaces. Hmm. <laughs> but there's an amazing Gradius stage you can unlock as well, but the really super cool Gradius 2 music. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was playing one of the other modes in the game. It's called Caravan, and it's just like kind of like they they put you as one character and they have like a challenge. Sometimes, like I did one with uh, Power Pro Coon from Power Pro Baseball and it's like, hey, you know, pick up this item and throw it at these balloons and try to get X amount of points and stuff like that. And there's like a lot of like little games like that. One of them, you're, I don't even know what this character is. It's like a doll looking girl. Oh, that's Rika-chan, the popular Japanese doll. <laughs> 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 Blonde hair, blue yeah, eyes, yeah, everything. Yeah. Right. Like this game, like the, the character selection cannot be underestimated. It is totally bonkers. Yeah. Oh man, the one time maybe you can fill me in for not being good, but uh, I was being, I, I got to be Twin B, and I had to collect like some, I don't know, some kind of emblem thingies that were in the sky. But I, I'm assuming that he can probably fly or something, but I just couldn't. Because they're, like, on top of clouds, but you can't stand on top of the clouds or something. Mm. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'm not sure. I remember he has a pretty good jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not bad, but I'll just have to fiddle around with a little bit more. Right. But, um, yeah, so I was playing a little bit of that. And I, that's, that's really fun. It's <laughs> kind of a pity that, you know, this had no chance of coming to the West. No chance. Don't forget, <laughs> it had Solid Snake years before Smash did. Oh, right, right. Is he unlockable, I'm assuming? Oh, it, he's not a default guy? I don't think so. Well, 
Maybe he is, and I, I don't see how the hell I could have missed that. But I could have missed that. Yeah, maybe you do unlock him. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he has a, a really cool big shell stage with the music. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, the Harrier jet shoots at you. It's great. <laughs> cool. Cool. Snake! Snake. <laughs> well, he has a tux outfit. You oh, nice. Get. Yeah. So, other than that, there's another fighting game that uh, Ty also lent me. And I think, Ty, maybe you wrote the review for this on NWR. I did. Okay. And this is Naruto... What the hell is this called? Shikudo uh, Ninja Tyson 4. Oh, wow, you're finally getting to this legendary game. Yeah, yeah. Legendary. So, actually, today, I fired it up. I, I bought, like, a GameCube months ago just to have, and, you know, then I just popped this in. And, um, yeah, this is actually a pretty solid game. I, I, I kind of suck, <laughs> you know, but I'm getting a little bit used to uh, the controls and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, man, like, the visuals and stuff are fantastic. Uh, even for something that's, you know, GameCube era. I mean, <laughs> this joke's been made many times, but, I mean, this thing looks a hell of a lot better than almost anything on the Wii, <laughs> you know? I, I met, like, uh, years ago at an event, I met uh, the crew that was doing the localization for the game. Mm-hmm. And I commented, like, wow, these character models look, like, even better than uh, Naruto 3 somehow. Mm-hmm. And they actually said they lowered the poly count on the characters was lowered for four because uh, you know it's there's a mode where you have a sh- you play like three on three mm-hmm. so they need to have all those models in the memory ah. so that the poly count got cut but somehow they don't look worse. Yeah, I mean I think I noticed something like they zoom like on one of after after somebody won or something they zoomed in on somebody's like hand and I could see it. You know, it just wasn't. This didn't obviously doesn't look as good with it when it's not you know far out. But I mean, you know, there's just like little nitpicks here and stuff. But um, yeah, it looks fantastic. It plays pretty well. I was being Ty. I was think I was using your file. Yeah, I was. I hope being, so. Yeah, yeah. I was being a Naruto, the Naruto main guy. I don't know shit about Naruto, man. <laughs> but I was being like a flaming red Naruto. Yeah. I don't know why. He was like that. He um, goes Super Saiyan at the end of the first series. Okay, that's what I kind of figured. <laughs> but, <clears throat> yeah, so I'm going to probably, you know, fiddle around with that a little bit more, and if I have anything else to say, I'll probably, uh, you know, maybe give some closing thoughts in the next episode or something. If you get a chance to play it four-player, get in on that. Yeah, I'll see if three other of my friends want to play GameCube games. And actually, if I have <laughs> three other GameCube controllers, too. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll pay you a visit. Yeah, be cool. Be cool. All right. Well, I think that's gonna do it for me. So we'll go ahead and take another quick break and be back with some more new business. Right, and Cyrus, what you been playing, dude? I've been playing a butt-ton of stuff this week, but mm-hmm. I'll keep the Nintendos. So, okay. uh, I've been playing more Pokemon Picross, mm-hmm. uh, which I think I've, I've finished playing. I never cleared the game, but I think I'm done with it now. I've had my fill. 
Okay. <laughs> and that's not really a, like not a complaint again. I think Pokemon Picross is a fantastic game. Wait, what's your final hour count, or do you know? I don't know, but it's a lot. I played like I even actually put money into it in the end. I, Oof. Uh, so, this, and this is I probably easily about twenty, thirty hours into that game, I'd say. Okay. okay. That's what what I really love about Pokemon Picross is it's a really fair free to play game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think even Nintendo called it a free-to-start game as opposed to a free-to-play. Right. You can't, you can't realistically finish this game without putting some money into it. Mm-hmm. But the the amount of money you are charged is totally reasonable. And like I think I put I put eight dollars into the whole game so far and okay. put twenty thirty hours. I could easily play more if I wanted to. Right. You know, and I, I look at it that's the same way, man. It's like, if you play a game for that long that's free, and if you put eight bucks into it, I don't see that as a waste, because, I mean, mm-hmm. you're already getting a, a decent amount of enjoyment out of the game. If you want to, you know, pay a little bit, then who cares? Yeah, and the and it has that really cool Nintendo style of free-to-play that I love, mm-hmm. is that if, if you pay a total of $30 into the game at any point, mm-hmm. so, like, I paid $5 first, then $3 later... So I have a total of eight dollars. If eventually I had a total of thirty, I would immediately unlock everything in the in the game permanently. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, and Nint- Nintendo have done that with all the other free-to-play Pokemon games. There's like a cap of how much money you can put into them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And once you reach that cap, you own the game in every part of it, like oh. as if you bought it at the store. That's cool. So I would love to see. Basically, every free-to-play game adopts that because that's a great system. Yeah, I doubt they will because money or yes. and greed. <laughs> but I am also playing Kingdom Hearts on my mobile phone, so I'm aware of how greedy and how deep that rabbit hole can go. <laughs> uh, other stuff I've been playing, I've been playing uh, Hyrule Warriors is back in action again on my Wii U. Like, <laughs> okay. That's a game I've probably got like 100 hours in at this point. Nice. That's so. The reason I'm back in is that uh, the the DLC this like this year's season of DLC has started. Mm-hmm. So I've been able to use Linkle, the female Link, and all those previously 3DS exclusive characters. And uh, and just this month was Marin from Link's Awakening was released. Okay. Okay. So so she's like, I what this game you know it's just. Zelda fan service the game where right. they just pick all the best all like the cool random characters you get to fight as them and they put like a ridiculous amount of love into each character where they're just dripping with really great animations and little nods to the games so she's I've never liked Marion from Link's Awakening she's just a whatever character but she's great fun I really like how they put her in this game mm-hmm and hitting people with a windfish, that's a good fun. That's that's fun right there. <laughs> yeah. So in celebration of that DLC coming out, I also started playing Link's Awakening on the 3DS. Nice. Yeah! That's good choice. So it's like it's I, I first played this on the Game Boy many, many moons ago. And uh, and I've forgotten like how quirky this game is. It's, oh yeah. It's it's so weird, like the NPCs, like the like you know, spoilers. The whole thing's a dream. Hey, but uh, <laughs> so, so like I hadn't realized, like all the characters, they're, they're like 
characters you would meet in a dream where none of them really make any sense. They're all doing totally random stuff. They they refer to the you the player as like, hey, if you hold the A buttons, you can save. I don't know what I'm, what that means though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's like that one crocodile lives on the beach who only eats canned food and will and will trade you dog food for bananas and stuff. It's like yeah. nothing quite makes any sense, but it just rolls with it, so it's really goofy. Yeah. And uh, and the pacing, man, this thing is just like a mile a minute. You just keep finishing quests, unlocking new stuff. So I I can totally understand why everyone raves about this game as one of the best Zeldas. Yeah. Yeah, I went I went through the game a couple years ago, maybe I think exactly about two years ago, and yeah, man, like I, I had the original Game Boy version, you know, not the DX or anything like that, but um, I never beat it as a kid, and then you know I, I got it on 3DS, uh, the DX version when that came out, and I, I you know I beat that you know two years ago, <laughs> you know three years after I bought it originally or something, but better late than never, I suppose. Yeah, I remember I got it from one of my friends because he couldn't. He couldn't figure out how to get into the bottle dungeon, hmm. the, the one with like the the. You have to get like the chomp, the the whatever they're called, those bow wow. Yeah, right. Little bow wow, yeah. Yeah, you have to get little bow wow. He comes and wraps his way into the dungeon for you. Yes, yes. But he couldn't figure that out, so he lent me the game, and then I immediately figured out how to get in, and <laughs> he let me finish it. Nice, nice. So uh, yeah, thumbs up to this game. Cool. All of you, go buy it if you don't have it yet, because it's fucking fantastic. Yeah, yeah, for real. Old. <laughs> True statement. <laughs> yeah, and aside from endless hours of Street Fighter and Overwatch, that's pretty much me. Okay, okay. All right, well, we'll go ahead and take another quick break here and be back with some more new business. Right, Ty, would you go next for us? Yeah. Uh, since the last new business, I've played literally 50-plus video games. <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> Let me tediously list each of them. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I, I started working on my Xbox backlog by uh, just playing till I get the first achievement, then throwing it aside moving on to the next game. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Truly a beautiful way to enjoy your games. Right? Well, it's been a really interesting experience because I've formed some very strong opinions about tutorials. <laughs> right? So, in fact, I kind of think the whole video game biz is shifting a little bit in the sense that uh, you have a lot of chances to try games for free, like, way more than in the past. And... Mm-hmm. Also, with Steam sales, Xbox sales, etc., you can also get a shit ton of games for almost free. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I think games need to kind of shift the way they, they hook gamers initially. It's going to depend a lot, not on point of sale, but, you know, how the first hour or so of the game goes. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was playing these uh, 50 or so games... <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> some random game would like infuriate me with the the hoops I had to jump through just to fucking start. Mm-hmm. And other games, like I was like impressed and hooked immediately. <laughs> so uh, I I want to tell you about my best and worst uh, first achievement experience. Which one do you want to hear first? I'd say let's get the bad stuff out of the way first, huh? Oh boy! <laughs> you may have seen a tweet about this, but uh, I believe it was Dirt Three. Uh huh. Uh-huh. You know. A lot, a lot of racing games that will worm your way into your collection somehow. <laughs> and uh, so Dirt 3, and also like a lot of the EA games mm-hmm. with cars, you know, okay. uh, they, they do this tedious thing where you have to set up a whole bunch of stuff and it walks you through every feature in the game mm-hmm. before it even lets you play. And uh, Dirt 3 was the worst about this, I think. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like hitting A, hitting A. Come on, I want to race, I want to race. And it's like, nah, nah. And it got to this point where like there are these off-screen characters like your crew or whatever where they would just monologue. <laughs> and it, like they would just talk about cars and shit. And I'm, I'm like mashing start, right? It's not <laughs> even a loading screen. They're just like talking. And I just wanted to throw my controller through the the TV, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. I was livid. Like, I don't get mad at games very often, but, man, it really provoked me for some reason. <laughs> right? Yeah, don't trigger tie. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think maybe they got some flack about this because, like, the very next Dirt game was also in my collection somehow, and it actually started you right in a race. Like, oh, okay. no tutorial, go. And it kind of explains stuff as you went. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, that's much better. Mm-hmm. Now, try, uh, have you ever played Steel Battalion? Uh, the, yeah. The that giant was... controller mech game for the original Xbox. Oh, wait. No, I haven't played that. I think I saw that on that TV show. It's got like it's it's got that famously ludicrous controller where it's like got eighty buttons on it and it's like got two joysticks and three foot pedals and you control the mech. Yeah, it was on Game Center CX. Yeah, I that had one nice. of those. That's a game where it's like you'd expect a game with a controller that massive would have a lengthy tutorial, but no, nah, it just like starts you in the middle of the game with a mech firing at you and you're wow. like, oh, okay, and uh, that that that'll that'll panic you. All right, so. Yeah, that shit needs to end. Like, <laughs> there's so many games I play where it's like, press up to look up. It's like, Fuck you, I played a video game before. <laughs> right? Fun fact, Dirt 3 used to be the Colin McRae uh, games. But then they changed to the Dirt British uh, Codemasters game, by the way. Yeah. So... Apologies for that. I love the. I actually love those guys, but man, Dirt Three just sent <laughs> me the wrong way. Yeah, we got Dirt Three, and we were all terribly disappointed with it when we played it in Cork. Okay. So uh, let me tell you about my favorite tutorial experience, mm-hmm. which was I believe it was Gears of War Two. Mm-hmm. Kind of a surprise, like you know the the game starts real quick. There's I don't even think there was, like, a tedious video to watch first. That's also mm-hmm. a thing I really hate. 
<laughs> Full motion video intros need to die. It needs to just start you in the game. Right? Especially if they're long. Ugh. It, it basically just asked, hey, do you want to do training? And I'm like, well, okay. But but they kind of led up to it. Uh-oh. Where, where this, like, this new character is joining the squad. They're like, hey, you want to train this guy? And it's like, okay. And what happened is, you know, basically you just play and you do all the basic stuff in the game. But the whole time there's, like, talking and character development and you're actually playing all at the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it wasn't even a chore. It was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. So, um, Wait, which I game did, is this again? It was Gears of War 2. Okay. Yeah. Old as heck. There's like five or six of them now. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, Ty, I, I remember I, I played that when it first came out. Actually, I never beat it. But, um, yeah, no, I, I kind of remember that. and it, Yeah, I, I enjoyed that, that part of the game as well. Right. Hell, of a, hell of a first 30 minutes, right, Dan? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, um, I mean, ideally, like, the best way to do a tutorial in a game is to uh, just integrate it into the, the beginning of the game, mm-hmm. but also make it very entertaining. Like, right. so much so that the player doesn't even notice they're in a tutorial. Like, right. you know, like James, you were just playing Super Meat Boy. And yes. There's no tutorial in that game, but it makes you do all the basic stuff that progress through the first ten or so levels. What do you know? You're right. Yeah. So, like, that's what a t- tutorial should be. Look and... at Portal. Like, Portal is basically, like, a four-hour tutorial just so you can beat the last level. <laughs> and that's a game, like, it's a joy to play that game, but it very sneakily teaches you everything as you go. That's right. So... That's the ideal way to start a game. Like, don't have a noticeable tutorial. Just hide it. Mm-hmm. Make it skippable if mm-hmm. you can't. Uh, totally skip the intro full motion video. Like, <laughs> I like. Uh, There's a free weekend for Halo Five, so I just spent all weekend playing that. Mm-hmm. And it starts with this really expensive-looking full-motion video sequence <laughs> where, like, the the this four-man squad like jumps out of a plane and they they land right in this battlefield and they're shooting and jumping and flipping over guys and f- fucking snowboarding and slamming Mountain Dew. And I'm like, wow, that <laughs> looks cool. I wish I was doing that. No, this should be playable. But it's not. It's just this fucking thing where it plays and you just mentally check out, like, uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. that was a cool trailer. That's not so much a great intro to the game because then you suddenly become, you know, stand and shoot guy. Yeah. <laughs> I think Vanquish did that really badly, too, if I remember. I played that a long time ago, but I seem to remember that had a really long intro video. Uh. That's when your animators are better than your programmers. Yeah, it, and, the, and the thing is, that shit is fucking expensive to make. Mm-hmm. But it seems like such a waste. Like, like there are games that are praised for their storytelling that have literally no video. Like, you know, Half-Life. Like, all the story elements like happen in the game with you in control. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll be locked in a cage or something, but... <laughs> not always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the way to do things. Uh... So yeah, I mentioned I played uh, Halo 5 all weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I blew through the story. Mm-hmm. 
uh, got like the the basic achievements for playing all the multiplayer modes enough. I I wasn't enthused about any of it, but uh, there was one mode I really liked. It's called Warzone. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's kind of like a I don't want to say tower defense, but it's like just a multiplayer battle against like uh, computers, enemy forces, and stuff. That co- they come in waves, and it's very objective based. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a, a strictly cooperative matchmaking kind of thing, and I ended up being a, kind of engaged in that. It was pretty fun. Hmm. Now that I got the achievement for it, I'm not playing it again. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, are you big on Halo, or can you could could you not care less about the game, or what? Uh, I'm super big on Halo Two. Mm-hmm. None of the others. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Even the original? Eh. Okay. But man, I spent hundreds of hours playing Halo 2 with my friends and with, with like a daily land party. That mm-hmm. was the life. So many Doritos, so much Mountain Dew. <laughs> Those were the days. Right. Is that like um a golden eye to perfect dark kind of thing? Like the original was good, but the sequel improved on it so much that you kind of end up liking that better. Um is that, well, I'm just trying to work out why do people love Halo 2 so much. Well, it it was kind of like an ideal release window. It's like most people had Xboxes that were going to get them at that point, and like they were cheap enough that like I could have two and not give a fuck, <laughs> right? And just set up the network. But the next Halo, Halo 3, it came out on the 360, like early in the 360's life. Right. And... All of my friends were impoverished, so I was, like, the only person with one, so we couldn't have a LAN. Uh, you couldn't finish the fight. Yeah. <laughs> you tried. Yeah, you could play online co-op. Or... <laughs> but, yeah, no, the, the, the party is, that's where the magic was. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Uh, I played Hatred. Yeah, I saw that pop up when I was like, is he seriously fucking playing Hatred right now? I got so many messages like, yo, dude, why are you playing that? (laughs) What is this? Is this something I just get out about? Uh, Well, playing it, it's a spiritual successor to Postal. Okay. It's a a game where you go on a shooting spree. That's all it is. God, okay. (laughs) Yeah, like. Why are you playing it? Right? <laughs> like, like, like the edgy stuff I've been saying, is, it's all just from the game intro. <laughs> My name is not important. <laughs> Read the whole thing. It's, it's uh, Okay, so playing the game, like, uh, you, you know, it's basically Robotron or whatever. You know, you run around and shoot guys and the cops show up and you have to tr- not die. <laughs> but holy shit, like Ro- Robotron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like... This, is, I, this is exactly what I took away from Robotron too. <laughs> right. But instead of little blocky aliens, you know, you're shooting people. Okay. Spatial and... predecessor to GTA. Right? Yeah. Uh <laughs> Yes. Perfect. Do you remember the old GTA games where you would get the kill frenzy yep. pickup? Yeah, that's like the whole game. Uh okay. <laughs> it's actually pretty difficult. But, uh, like, the game is, is, like, just so dark and edgy. Like, <laughs> like I, I just busted up laughing so many times because it was so absurd. <laughs> right? 
right? Like, so the the only way to get health back in this game is you, you find someone who's fatally wounded and you finish them off, and there's like a little cut scene and everything. Wow. Where the, dude, dude, right? Like, he like the the crazy guy will just lift this person up by the collar, and they'll be like, "Why?" As they look right into the camera, and then he fucking blows their head off with a shotgun. It's Jeez. like, oh my god. I thought you were going to say to, you know, to replenish health, he has to eat their hearts or something. <laughs> no, that's that's just silly. Okay, okay. <laughs> no. Danny, no, Jesus. Danny, what's wrong with you? He pulls out... Oh, we're trying to talk knife. about video games here. Violence has no place in this conversation. He pulls out his Bowie knife and he puts it right in the cop's skull. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, do it! <laughs> <laughs> Can you, can you can you play the bad boys music at this point, Danny? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, mm, what? I guess one other thing of note: uh, Overwatch is ranked mode now. I played a bit of that. It's great fun if you play with uh, a team of people you know. It's torture if you play with randoms. <laughs> there you go. Cool. Yeah, we gotta hook up and play some ranked, dude. Yeah, just like hit me up. Like I always get online and play once a day to, to get, the, like, the daily win bonus. So, uh, yeah, just hit me up every day. <laughs> right on. Right on. All right. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and take another quick break, and then James is going to go ahead and close out new business. We're back. And James, how about you go ahead and finish it up for us, bud? Okay, well, after the uh, the last episode, I kind of wanted to finish the two games that I've been talking about for a long time, mm-hmm. Watch Dogs and Meat Boy. Mm-hmm. But then I, I somehow managed to get sick, and I, and then every single member of my family got the same thing, and then, yeah, haven't really been playing much. So it was only like the last, I don't know, four days that I've been trying to steamroll through those games just so I can finish them. Um, but yeah, it's not going to happen with Watch Dogs because um, I just got the pop-up notification, you know, you completed Act 1. And I was like, cool, Act 1. Out of 3, maybe? And it's, no, it's out of 5. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be finishing this game anytime soon. <laughs> wow, wrecked. But um, I, I, yeah, I am still enjoying it, though. Um, I was uh, cruising around on a boat the other day and I uh, bumped into a lighthouse and there was a dead body with flies buzzing around it, and it went, you know, achievement unlocked. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but also, I don't know, well, actually, Ty, you played the X-Bone version, is that right? Or yes. PC? Yeah. Does it have water physics, like waves and whatever? Uh, hmm, I can't Cause... remember. I think so. Okay, because the Wii U version doesn't. I don't know if that's like a last-gen, you know, 360 uh, Wii U version thing, but... Yeah, I thought it was kind of I funny. Mean, it just stays it, a flat. Maybe it didn't. I don't remember so well. So maybe that was a next-gen feature. So Certainly it's like, not in any game-altering way. So it's like flat like a road? Or like how... Um, I guess they kind of mask it by having like 
waves splashing on the side of your boat, but like uh-huh. the whole water is just kind of like it's an animated texture kind of thing. So uh-huh. it gives the illusion that it's moving, but if you just stop, you, you realize it's just a giant flat thing. Okay. <laughs> but it's it's well rendered and it's you know it's got an animated texture, but you know it's doesn't it's not it's not wave physics. Gotcha. Um, I also discovered you can swim, which is kind of unusual for an open world game, or at least ones I've played, where you usually just die immediately as you hit the water, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, this yeah, I've been mean, noticed some more variety in the in the missions, which is cool. Um, there was one where I, I actually broke into a prison and then uh, kind of like ended up shooting a lot of cops, corrupt cops, of course. Mm-hmm. And then there was guys with like you know big you know, bulky armor on it and you had to like hack it and like make them run into steam vents and explode them as they walk past and stuff. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm. Because um, I was really beginning to worry that it was just going to be the same thing over and over and over again. Mm. But um, there was some variety. So I'm yeah, I'm going to go ahead and try and complete this game before the year ends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good luck. Um, yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought I'd be able to... Com- defeat uh, Meat Boy before this podcast, but unfortunately, I'm I'm almost there. I I got through the one after Hell. Uh, the name's actually just what is it called? The the Rapture, right? Yes. Yes, got through the Rapture. Um, oh. The boss was actually crazy easy on that one. I was kind of well, it was a cool it was a cool boss. The, the worms. There's like these worms that jump out of the ground. Right. Uh, if you've seen Tremors, you'll know what it's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know if I've, I guess I just found the you know the perfect position to stand, but like you just got to like lure them into these uh, minces and they they die immediately. Mm-hmm. So I just found this really good spot and I just stood there and just went brr, 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 straight into the minces and, I'd, <laughs> and that was it. I was like, okay, <laughs> I was expecting more, but it was cool anyway. Good shit. And then yeah, like Ty said, yeah, um, I the promised. Last, to gift you Undertale if you finish Cotton Alley. Uh, actually, yeah. What what is that? Is that the last one of the last world? Uh, after you finish the last boss, there's a bonus world. Oh, uh, okay, okay. A bonus world. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> not, Thirty not... levels of torture. <laughs> not the dark world. You're talking like. Not the dark world. No. Okay. There's, there's a dark world, world version of Cotton Alley as well. Whoa. <laughs> Jesus. How many what? How many stages in the last world? Uh, I think it's a full 30. <laughs> God. Yeah, wow. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, yeah, actually, uh, the, yeah, there's a four stages, like Ty said, you know, and uh, I, I've only been the first of those four, which was actually really, really easy. I was kind of surprised by that. Um, maybe the luring you into a false sense of secur- security. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but I like I like the stages where you, you have to, like, find a key, um, the keys are actually really small and sometimes hard to find on these kind of like on the backgrounds. Like, you know, the the art style of Meat Boy, um, you know, it's kind of like it's very flat colors and you know things don't really stand out. Like the bandages you have to collect and the keys, you know, they don't really stand out. So sometimes you can like fly by them and not realize that you've just missed them. Um, but I do like the ones where you collect a key and then that starts like a chain reaction and you have to kind of you know jump up something as it's kind of unlocking behind you um, because if you're too slow then you know the, the the platform will not be there anymore and then you'll die right so, I like those kind of things I like the kind of um, you know wall jumping as things are crumbling behind you kind of thing that's pretty cool 
but yeah, still loving it, and uh, yeah, I will, I will beat that game. Um, I, I didn't, I, th- I thought I was going to get frustrated and give up on the Rapture, but um, it actually turned out quite well in the end. There was uh, some really good stages, and uh, yeah, the Rapture is really it. fun. It's really fun. Um, yeah, so that that's yeah, I guess that's really all I've got to talk about really. Um, I was gonna, t- <laughs> I was gonna talk about something, but. Uh, I downloaded on recommendation of um, some people on Twitter, uh, Smile Basic, mm-hmm. which is a, a basic <laughs> um, coder for the 3DS. Well, I guess it's on lots of things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the reason I yeah I got this because um, there's uh, well there's a, there's a few reasons. <laughs> I don't know if I can go into it at the moment, but let's just say stay tuned. Right, more news on that. Some people listening will know what I'm talking about. But, um, like, for example, someone had actually coded a Mario Maker in it. So, like, Mario Maker on the 3DS. Like, somebody cool. actually handmade, hand-programmed it in BASIC. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and they got a few preloaded games on there. Like, you know, somebody done, like, a, a shoot 'em up and, um, like, a simple platformer. And it's... I mean, I did some BASIC coding, you know, like, back in high school uh, in BASIC. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mine was right. just, you know, go to line two you know, hello world, that kind of stuff. Yeah, when I was in school in, uh, I guess, the mid-90s, that was the the thing to play. It was uh, Nibbles and Gorillas <laughs> and Q-Basic. Right, right, right. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, but it's it's way more complex than that, actually. Like, they were, you know, they got sprites with animation and, you know, hit detection and everything. I was, I was quite impressed. So I'm looking forward to, like, you know, da- um, maybe downloading some things. I think you... You can get like codes, which then let you download stuff. Um, I haven't right. quite worked it out yet. Um, uh, or maybe you can just like uh, download the source code and manually type it all yeah. into your. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Or you could do that. Yes. Oh god, I had some books for the Commodore 64, like way back in the day, when that was like literally the the most effective way to share games. <laughs> was to print them in this phone book sized thing and have uh, the user just type all the source code into their machine. Right. That's, that not very, really, that's yeah, not really that much different than how they do business here in Japan now. It's like, that's how they <laughs> fax it. Once a phone yeah, the exactly. source code, there you go. On that's that it. note, there was one amazing thing I saw once that, uh, so you know the Commodore used tapes for all their games, like cassette tapes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there was, there, was, there was this radio show that played on Somewhere in America. Oh, yeah. And uh, and it would just say it's like, okay, and here's today's game. So everyone start recording, and they would play the audio of a game over the radio. You'd hit record on your cassette player, and it would record the game on your cassette player, which you could then play in your Commodore. Because Whoa. It was all <laughs> audio data on the. What tape. about static though? Wouldn't it like mess with it? You would just hope for the best that you got a clear radio <laughs> signal. Actually, there, there was a was it a D? I think it was a DS or a 3DS game that did that. Um, it was like a shoot 'em up. Oh, Danny, do you remember this? Like the you shared levels with sound files, so you could you could do oh. that kind of thing. Uh, um, I remember Greg talking about it on um, RFN. I like, know there were some games like Vibribbon that generate your levels based on your music. No, but this was like, you know, you could design your own levels, but then to share them, it was a sound file, so you would That's go like, awesome. and that was a level. Wow. I, I got nothing. I, <laughs> I'll have to, yeah. Have Technology. To yeah, that's pretty cool. 
So yeah, Smile Basic. Send me your phone book sized um, codes, and I'll uh, put them in. Orchestrate them. <laughs> yeah. No, it does have like a, a web browser thing, and uh, you know, ways to share over the internet and stuff. That's and, cool. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty good. It's 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 only in in Japanese, but it is on the American store, um, or European store as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but it might be taken down shortly. Really? I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Let's move on. All right. So we're gonna go ahead and close out new business and move on into the news. Okay, so the news. We've got a couple of little interesting tidbits here, and I'll go ahead and kind of kick off uh, the first part. So, yeah, basically throughout North America, and I think select parts of Europe and also in the UK, um, the Zelda Symphony of the Goddess concerts have been a thing that have been going on for years. And they, like last year, I think one came to Japan, and, you know, to get tickets here, you have to do all this rigmarole, lottery, and stuff like that. And then one came here for the 25th anniversary of Zelda back five years ago, and I, I got a chance to go because I bought Ocarina of Time, and then I got to enter into a contest <laughs> a chance to win to pay money to go to a concert, and I, I won. Um, so I did that. But they're going to have one uh, celebrating the 30th anniversary, and they're going to have it at three different locations here in Japan, uh, in Kyoto, Tokyo, and Nagoya. Uh, the event dates are October 1st for Kyoto, the 16th for Tokyo, with two event times, uh, one in the early afternoon, one in the evening, and then on December 14th in Nagoya. Uh, there are three tiers of tickets. Uh, there's a master seat, costs 12,000 yen, about 120 bucks. Uh, S, which is 9,000 yen, and then A, which is 7,500. Uh, the master seat, it's kind of neat. You get like a special, like, they, of course, they don't show any pictures of this, but you get some kind of a special ticket. And additional goods, they said something like a pin set. Uh, okay, I don't know. I, I honestly thought about trying to go for the master seat, but yeah, I haven't done that yet. Oh shit! So it's it's ending today. That's for the master one. But to get a regular one, I can do it anytime. This would be a good birthday present for me because uh, it's near my birthday. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it's still totally open, dude. Like, uh, the lottery for the for the master ticket, yeah, that's that's up today, July fifth. Um, and then the other ones, you got till the eleventh to at least you know apply. And I just I just did I just put in um, an entry thing this evening for the, like I think the A level one. I might just do it again just to you know cover my bases. But like uh, I was looking for at the master seat too, and like you could only pay by credit card, and. I know with the last Zelda concert I tried to go to last year, you had to put in all of your credit card information before there was even a confirmation that you even got the tickets, <laughs> which actually ended up coming to bite me in the butt because... Oh, uh, is this when you lost them? Or you yeah, okay, like, what happened was, okay, I was going to America. I was going to be in America, like, a few days after or when they were going to send, like, the confirmation email, and I must have... Either A, it went to, like, my spam folder, or B, I just deleted it just on accident and was wondering, like, yeah, where the hell is this thing? And then I was like, well, I guess I didn't win because I didn't get an email. And then I noticed my credit card statement had, like, a, you know, 
18,000 yen charge, you know, about uh, 200 bucks or something like that. So that was, that was fun. Um, definitely keeping a closer eye this time. It's by accident, not on accident. Yes, I was horrified at this. As an English teacher, can't let that go. For shame. On accident. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing that I know our resident Yu-Gi-Oh fan, uh, Ty, will <laughs> be looking forward to is actually there's a free-to-play Yu-Gi-Oh game coming out on 3DS uh, cool. tomorrow, July 6th, and it's called Yu-Gi-Oh! Dual Monsters Saikyo no Card Battle. And, it, yeah, like I said, free to start, but you can, you know, buy in-game items. I don't know how egregious this is going to be, but, <laughs> you know, buckle up. <laughs> I, I was actually pretty shocked at how many free-to-play games are on the 3DS store. I got Pokemon Picross. That's quite a lot. Yeah. I mean, there, there was my, my all-time favorite, that cool Initial D game that is no longer available to play. <laughs> uh, Rusty's Real Deal. Rusty's Real Deal, Yeah. I, yeah. I got that amiibo challenge thing, the the oh. Mario minis. So. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. Yeah. Uniqlo. Oh, next week, yeah, Uniqlo. So, does everyone know Uniqlo? Uniqlo is everywhere now, right? It's yeah. not just Japan. Kind of. Everyone knows Uniqlo. So yeah, there's a there's a t-shirt competition. Like you can design a t-shirt, and uh, Shigeru Miyamoto is actually going to be one of the judges. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the grand prize, ten thousand dollars. Wow. That's not too bad. That's I didn't realize really. it was that big of a cash prize. I might look into the design or something. Well, you've got until the 31st of August uh, to apply. The theme is just Nintendo, very general. Uh, yeah, free to apply. Anyone, Anybody uh, can apply. Uh, so you just, yeah, upload the design, and uh, there you go. Me and Moto will have a, have a look at it and uh, let you know personally by email. Personally? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm reading the rules. It says all submissions, including illustrations and photographs, must be submitted on a flat surface, a sheet of paper, for example. Mm. Ooh. Okay. I kind of take that to mean you can't email it in, maybe. Um, So, yeah, anyway, these are going to be on sale uh, next spring. 2017, so oh. please to enjoy. Oh, no, wait, I take that back. Designs can only be submitted through the website <laughs> on a flat surface. Well, <laughs> good no, luck. Can't use any curved monitors. Flat monitor submissions <laughs> only. <right>. Yes. <laughs> you can actually upload five at a time. Five entries at a time. So you just go nuts, uh, Cyrus. Just go nuts. Let's do this. Pictures Mario and Legend of Zelda should not exist in one t-shirt design. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, next. Cyrus Warriors. That. <laughs> I yeah. guess that's Cyrus. Back in. It says yeah. Cyrus written all over it. Yes, exactly. So, uh, so back on the Hyrule Warriors train is that, so like I mentioned, I've been playing the first DLC characters, Marin, but they announced that there was going to be two more packs of DLC. The first one will be a Spirit Tracks pack, and the second would be uh, a Link Between Worlds pack. Mm-hmm. But there was no other information given, so we're not supposed to know what characters are in those. But uh, data mining of all the stuff, they found some like character portraits for all of the characters that are Oops. currently coded into the game. So uh, they found Toon Zelda from Spirit Tracks. Mm-hmm. So I think in that game, she gets her soul ripped out of her body, so she's probably a ghost or something. <laughs> right. And then... Uh, 
which will bring the total number of Zeldas in this game to four. But <laughs> great. Then uh, from Link Between Worlds, they'll be adding Ravio, the the really cool little rabbit thief salesman guy, and uh, Yuga, the villain of the game, will be oh. made as playable characters. Cool. So that's in addition to all the bunch of other crap the 3DS versions get and the Wii U version does not get. Like hmm. maps and customization stuff. So this is, sorry, this is for the Wii U version or 3DS version? So all these characters, the characters are available for both versions. Okay. They can be used in the Wii U or the 3DS, but the 3DS gets a bunch of exclusive stuff like variant map things, new missions, okay. and costume stuff. Okay. Nice. Nice. Zelda. Mm-hmm. Will never be a girl. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, James, is it that time? Uh, can you hear the music? There it is. There it is. Boom. Yes. It's uh, your Mario Maker Minute time. Put on your Mario caps and dance, bitches. Do the Mario. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> right, yeah, do the Mario. <laughs> Hey, Poisanos! Um, <laughs> I, I could do that. <laughs> so, um, as usual, fans doing what Nintendo don't. Um, this I actually heard about this on Nintendo Voice Chat um, a few episodes ago. They had the guy who was like a speedrunner. Um, ah, this guy actually got all of his levels deleted by Nintendo for some reason. Mm-hmm. You know, like, his entire livelihood was based around you know him speedrunning Mario Maker levels. And they right. just decided to delete all of them. But um, yeah, I think he, him, and a bunch of other guys have, have actually made this amazing website called Makers of Mario. I think it's makersofmario.com. Okay. And what you can do is you can make level packs, like you can do worlds. Um, so you can like pack you know like six worlds together. What it'll do is like it'll add them to your bookmarks, mm-hmm. and it'll play them you know in, in order or whatever. And you can also set like speed, uh, sorry, uh, time challenges to each other. So, like for example, I I complete the level and then I send that uh, challenge to Cyrus on the website, and then he will try and beat the level, and it'll you know compare times, so he see so who got the fastest one or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's got speed running stuff, uh, you know, challenges, um, world packs. There's loads of other cool stuff that is not in the official. Um, uh, Mario Maker bookmark website, which is which is great. You know, the official one is fine, but like these kind of like expert things, I guess, uh, are kind of missing. And they've got more keywords, like you can search by you know, you know what do you call it, Kaizo levels. You know, they've got additional kind of uh, Kaizo related keywords that you can search by. So yeah, makers of Mario, check it out. You have to make an account, uh, but then yeah, go nuts. Cool. Uh, yeah, mentioned the Mario Maker fan. Thing in Smile Basic, which is pretty cool. Check out YouTube for that. Um, I'll try and put a link in the uh, in the show notes or something. It's pretty cool. It's from a while back actually, but just kind of funny getting around to talking about it now. <laughs> and last up, I guess we knew that the Squid Sisters amiibos were coming, and they are going to work in Mario Maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't know if you guys knew that, or did I say that already? I think I read that somewhere. Yeah. So yeah, they're gonna come out, yeah separately. They will be separately playable characters. Uh, so I'm sure there'll be a level coming soon. Which goes nicely. You see how how I uh, combine those? See, Squid Sisters in Mario Maker. Now I'm gonna talk about Splatoon. Noise.
So yeah, uh, first up we've got is a Splatoon Wii U console bundle uh, coming to Japan on starting on Star Festival Day, which is July 7th. Everyone knows that, right? Yes. Hello. <laughs> so you get the, you get the premium console, a downloaded, a downloadable, uh, a downloadable version of Splatoon, plus the two Kali and Marie amiibos called Audi and Kotaru in Japanese, and all of that for the low, low price of exactly the same price it's always been, 39,000 yen. Yes. Well done. Good job, Nintendo. <laughs> Thanks for never reducing the price over its entire life and death. <laughs> um, next, I got some kind of totally random stuff here. Just They're all over the place here. All Splatoon related. Uh, next one is, did you see the Chinese smartphone game called Sepia Go! Exclamation mark. I, I think I saw it making the rounds. Oh, oh, yeah. As a Chinese cell phone game enthusiast, <laughs> this game looks amazing. Like, if I had a Chinese phone or access to Chinese marketplace, I would totally get this thing. Yeah, China has officially entered the App Store. Um, the Chinese government uh, checks every single app to make sure it's uh, you know a complete rip-off of a game that already exists. <laughs> and if, it, if it's 90 to 100% a rip-off of a, of a currently existing game, then it's allowed on the App Store in China, which is, uh, which is good of the uh, Chinese government to do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this Sepia Go passed with flying colors because it's a complete rip-off of Splatoon, um, except, you know, it's... It barely works, and you know it's the the paint takes like two seconds to appear on the ground, and <laughs> things it's like jaggies all over the place, you know, glitching and stuff. But yeah, the music is exactly ripped from the game. What? <laughs> the art, the artwork is, yeah, the artwork is literally lifted from the official game. <laughs> like, I mean, not even edited. They literally didn't even edit edit it. So yeah, please to enjoy. Um, is our podcast available in China? I don't know. Probably not. Not, <laughs> yeah, not, not because of that. Um, next one is kind of weird. Uh, sad and happy news. Mostly sad. The the Splatfest, last Splatfest ever. I mean, this was kind of met with a who on Twitter. I think uh, both me and Matt Walker both were like, you know, like, say what? Mm. We kind of both tweeted the same kind of thing. Um... Yeah, they just suddenly said, you know, vote for the last Splatfest. And people were just like, okay, the, the, what do you mean the last Splatfest? Like, ever? And apparently apparently so. So the last one is Kali versus Marie. Mm-hmm. And to, to, to kind of like uh, mix it up a bit, you can actually vote for the stages you want. So they're allowing, allowing you to vote for, you know, two stages that you want to uh, play in the last Splatfest. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't actually put my vote in yet. But uh, yeah, apparently it's going to be on the twenty sec- second of July. I think it's a worldwide one. Yes. Well, well, when I say worldwide, I mean separated by the three regions because wow. region locked. But... <laughs> yeah, there is that. But it's happening. Uh... It's from what I was looking at the all the press releases and stuff, James. I, I think it's happening like simultaneously at the same time across all regions. But yeah, like you said, <laughs> probably <laughs> within your own region. Well, this is in the Pokemon. What I read it was that uh, Japan plays its only Japanese console. Then the EU and the US are joined. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure about that actually. Well, maybe uh, because 
I, I don't when in during Splatfest I I can't play with my American friends. Oh, okay, so. maybe maybe I totally read that wrong then. Um, but like the like the Pokemon one for example, I mean, we were we were all separate. But, but I actually like that because you know you you're only getting people from your region and uh, you get you're more likely to get you know connected quicker. So. Sure, yeah, of course. Uh, so yeah, vote for the last uh, Splatfest stages. Yeah, I might actually have to get in yeah. on that. I'm, I think I will. So yeah. which side, which which is everyone voting for? This is important information. You know, it's it's really weird. Like I love Splatoon, but I really can't give it. Didn't don't give a shit about Cali or Marie. It's like people are like, oh, I love Cali. You know, I'll do anything. I'll walk over broken glass for Marie. It's like they're they're exactly the same character. They're just different colors. Get a life. Danny, can, can I vote to not let him on the podcast anymore? <laughs> or at least can I take the Splatoon minute away from him? Vote I, I would. Apparently I would say he is ill-equipped to talk about this game. I would say get a real girlfriend, but I know you do have a girlfriend. <laughs> I'll, I'll still say it, get a real girlfriend. I get a girlfriend and a waifu at the same time. <sighs> anyway, but actually to kind of go alongside all of this, there's loads of other things that they're doing in collaboration with this. So for example, in Mitomo, you can now buy... Um, or buy in inverted commas buy uh, Splatfest tees, t-shirts uh, of Kali and Marie. I think they cost a thousand Mitomo coins. So yeah, get on that if you like. If you like that torta team. Um, and there's also they're dishing out some free notebooks at uh, various shops around. Well, sorry, yeah, around Japan. Sorry, people listening. <laughs> so uh, Cyrus, who do you like? Do you Kelly, like Aori? No, Aori or Hotaru. Which is which again? I can never remember the Japanese names. Aori is the is the pink one, right? Yes, Aori is yeah. pink. Aori is best. You like Aori? Yeah. Okay. If you want an Aori notebook, you should go to Eon Shopping Center or Geo, which is um, a game and DVD uh, oh, yeah, yeah. shop, okay. or Big Camera. Um, any of those places, and you'll be able to get a free notebook. Uh, just go to like the game section and you'll see them. Oh, awesome. I have to go and get some Amiibo this Thursday, so I can totally do that. Uh, but if you like Hotaru, uh, which is Marie, I guess, uh, you should go to Edion. I don't even know where Edion is. Is it, is it Ario? Well, Edion, there's one in uh, in Akiba. There's a huge okay. station. Uh, but more easier than that, Tsutaya. Everywhere's got a Tsutaya, right? right. Uh, or Toys R Us. Uh, Yamada Denki or Yodabashi Kamara, um, any of those places if you want to get a Hotaru notebook. Okay, you got that? Why would anyone want that? <laughs> yeah, why would anyone want a slightly different colored notebook? Um, we're giving them away on the family cat! I actually do have a Splatoon notebook, which is in the shape of a squid. Oh, um, cool. I think it was from Village Vanguard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's they, they often have some cool, like, you know, themed merchandise in that. Well, it's, it's all merch, isn't it? Right. Anyway, come on, we're running out of music here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's also the, the Makahari, the uh, the live concert that was in Makahari, mm-hmm. uh, like, last month. Uh, they're actually doing a CD uh, for it, so it's on sale now. You can buy the CD of the music of the game for some reason. Maybe it's, crowd, maybe it's got the crowd cheering on it or something, I don't know. Maybe 10,000 <laughs> well, I think there's some unique songs that were sung 
at that concert compared to the game. Maybe they'll um, be added with this with the new Amiibo though. Yeah, with as with the, the new Amiibo, I'd, there was another kind of press release recently. Like, yeah, they, they, each one unlocks uh, uh, one unique song or performance, one unique performance uh, with the Kali and Marie Amiibos. Um, as for the other Amiibos, like the new recolored ones, it's still they still haven't confirmed what exactly they do, which makes me believe that they do nothing new. Because I if, if it, that. yeah, if it's if it was something new, they would have advertised it heavily by now, but they haven't. So I would assume the worst for that. <laughs> of course. So yeah, there you go. Lots of Splatoon news. Um, I'm more than anything, I'm just happy that you know we're still talking about Splatoon the Mario Maker, like you know, a year on. Right. Could be the end, though. Before Splatoon came out, I was like, you know, it'll be dead within a month. The online will be dead within a month. And then, yeah, I was proven wrong, and I'm happy to be. Okay, there you go. Oh, there's the music stopped. All right, awesome. Well, I think that pretty much does it for all the news here. So we're going to go ahead... And take another break. And what you guys are going to be hearing next is a special segment with Nicholas Bray, one of the NWR Australian correspondents. Uh, him and his girlfriend were here in Japan not too terribly long ago, and I got to meet up with him and hang out and show him a couple of cool places in Akiba, some game stuff, and some non-game stuff too that we did. So, um, yeah, tune into that, and yeah, you're all about Hey, welcome back. Well, it's just me here, but I'm actually joined by Nintendo World Report's Australian correspondent and the editor and host of Connectivity, Nicholas Bray. Nick, how you doing, man? Uh, good, thanks, Danny. How you doing? Hey, I can't complain. Not yet, at least. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, here recently, Nick was in Japan, and we got to meet up and hang out and stuff. So let's, let's kind of kick this off like this, I guess. So, Nick, Nick, like, when exactly were you in Japan? How long were you here? Like yeah, well, me and my partner Talia came over. I think we, yeah, we arrived on the seventh of July, and we left on like the twenty-first. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we were there a couple of weeks, like fifteen days or so. Okay, June, yeah. right? Ah, yeah, June. Okay, <laughs> July. Yeah, uh, yeah, June. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be getting ready to go you know, <laughs> now. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So and like. In general, like, what are some of the general areas that you where you were in Japan? Like, were you in the Kanto region? You know, where up north, south, or? Okay, well, I'll sort of start with our first day in Japan, which <laughs> was getting from the airport to our um, apartment that we used uh, Airbnb for. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like right near Shibuya. I can't remember exactly what the suburb was called but it was like one stop away from the main Shibuya station um so we got in like really early in the morning we ended up getting to our apartment at 8 30 in the morning which we <laughs> were told that we could go right into but there was somebody else in there um so, so we like, had to 
I, I guess with Sorry. that, like, what was it? Like, you guys just opened up the door and people were in there? Or, or oh, we, we, on the outside of the door, there's like a lockbox where the key usually goes in. So we had the code for the box. We opened it up and there was no key there, though. So we're like <laughs> going, oh, did he forget to put the key in or what's going on? No, like, we're just sort of sitting out the front, like, messaging the host. And then he's like, oh, yeah, whoops, I made a mistake. It was... <laughs> someone's in there so great um and then this like you know the person that was in there came out and was sort of cranky at us for trying to get in there even though we're like yeah it's not our fault (laughs) yeah no kidding yeah so yeah we had to like waste time for the whole first day basically like we had our all our luggage so we had to (laughs) find the this um storage unit that the guy had it took us ages to sort of track down exactly where it was because it was like inside someone it was in like a garage in like a normal house sort of thing <laughs> so great yeah, and just find trying to find the address and everything google took us around this really long way and mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah so basically our first day was just sort of nothing really <laughs> but uh it got a lot better from there like the next day we went into Shibuya and got um, breakfast and mm-hmm. sort of did like a day of shopping and stuff. So mm-hmm. that was cool. We saw like the Disney shop in there, the, one of the big Disney stores there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which seems like there's like Disney shops like everywhere in Japan. Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm I'm here in Saitama, so I can't, <laughs> you know, visit mm-hmm. very many Disney shops. But um, yeah, I... I I do kind of remember an odd number of them <laughs> being like around. way more than you'd like in Sydney. I don't think there's a single dedicated like Disney store. There's, you'd think like in uh, in Sydney, and like, there might have been one, but in Japan, they just really love the Disney stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got a question for you, Danny, because we we did meet up like in the middle of our trip, actually, with That's you right. and um, your wife Akko. Yes. Uh, so, did you ever try Vegemite? Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you about this. <laughs> um, yes, I did. So, you know, before trying it, you know, I, I definitely asked you about it, like, oh, what should I expect? And, you know, you told me, like, you know, salty, whatever. <laughs> it's kind of hard to explain exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, well, I think I made a huge mistake, Nick, because the day before I ate it, I was drinking heavily. And uh, <laughs> and I, I kind of had a little bit of a hangover when I first tried it. And maybe that wasn't a good idea because I, I just didn't like it. But, you mm-hmm. know, it was probably like I could eat almost anything and probably almost throw up. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, I need to give it another honest shot. Uh, and then maybe I'll get back to you on that. Mm-hmm. Just to explain, yeah, I, um, me and Talia gave Danny and Akko some Vegemite and some packeted Tim Tams yeah. as a present. When we Tim, Tams are, Tim Tams are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just make sure you put a lot of butter on and a little bit of Vegemite when you okay. try again. Okay. I'll, um, I'll, I'll so we could, I we could just jump over to like the, that day that we were, I was with you, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. Sort of be easier. Um, so yeah, we met up and had breakfast at mm-hmm. a place called Eggs and Things, mm-hmm. which is really good. So if anyone's in Japan and has an Eggs and Things nearby, you should go because it's pretty amazing. Yeah, or if you're in Hawaii. <laughs> oh, yeah, in Hawaii, maybe. <laughs> it's probably just like some run-of-the-mill place in Hawaii. It probably, I mean, where I'm from, man, I mean, it, it was it was pretty all right. I didn't get to have, like, American-style breakfast or, you know, for a long time, so I, I enjoyed that. Mm. 
And then we went to Akihabara, basically. Yes. yes. So, as most of you listeners out there know, uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of like really cool game stores and just like a lot of cool, uh, I don't know, nerd culture stuff that you can get to in Akihabara. And I, you know, I'm I'm probably not the expert, but I know where a good amount of at least decent game stores and stuff are. So, I I made sure to show Nick. Uh, you know, the places to go to, so. Yeah, that was really good, actually, because it would have taken us ages just to sort of figure out exactly where to go, probably. Right. <laughs> if we're just aim, aim, wandering aimlessly by ourselves. Yeah, I mean, that's, jeez, uh, I mean, the first time I ever went to Akihabara, like, on my own, this was, like, pre-smartphone mm. days, so yeah. I was just kind of walking around aimlessly trying to remember places where people had told me like certain shops were so yeah. that was a lot of fun <laughs> but <laughs> i mean like you know wandering around is like good as well like but mm. you know <laughs> having someone sort of guide you a little bit so uh, very useful right so yeah i mean one of the i guess big mainstays of akiba that i really wanted to show nick and a lot of you guys out there know about this place is super potato which is, you know, kind of the infamous Japanese retro game shop that's, you know, pretty much in the heart of Akiba. And, yeah, I don't know, Nick, like, what do you think of it, man? Uh, yeah, so Super Potato was really cool. Like, it's, it was great just to finally go there after mm-hmm. hearing about it on so many podcasts and things. Like, just sort of imagining what it looks like and mm-hmm. what it, you know, what its game shelves have, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't buy anything there, but, um, yeah, I wasn't really looking to buy a lot of video games, which might sound silly, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, I don't really collect Japanese games and, Mm -hmm. you know, I've got enough games as it is really. So I did pick up, not in Super Potato, but I did pick up Mario 64 Mm -hmm. with Rumble, which Mm -hmm. is like just a sort of a neat thing to pick up really and have. Have you got uh, to try it out yet? Japan exclusive. Yeah, I did try it out briefly. Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember exactly where the rumble works, but like even just jumping around, you get a bit of rumble feedback and stuff. So right. it's kind of nifty. It's pretty cool. You know, the interesting thing about that, like the other day I had enough club Nintendo, not club, my Nintendo points to get like a free version of Mario 64 on the Wii U. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just went ahead and downloaded it because what the heck am I going to use these points for? So, and to my surprise, it's actually the Rumble version. And, oh, that's cool. But it seems like, I mean, on the Wii U gamepad, it seemed to me as if it was kind of going a little bit crazy with the Rumble. Mm. <laughs> but that could have just been because it was like an early Rumble game. I think it was like 97. And the same with like Waybrace 64 as well here. They did a re-release some point with yeah. the rumble support and stuff and that, actually that's coming out here very soon as well and i'm assuming mm-hmm. since they did that with the mario 64 they'll do the same with the wave race but yeah it was kind of an interesting way to get to play it because i think i have that rumble cart but i don't think i ever played it because i don't have like a working rumble pack here <laughs> mm. well with the 64 rumble pack like it is obviously stronger than the wii u rumble so i don't know it did it felt good when i messed around with it the other day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah, and uh, Talia picked up um, a Hello Kitty like balloon fight ah. clone, basically, mm-hmm. which is cool. And we opened that up when we got home, and like, it's basically brand new. Yeah, it even had 
the sticker sheet, like bonus stickers that like, obviously came with it in like the manual and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and we I know again we've said this many times on the show before, but it it's great going to just about anywhere where you could find used games here because you're going to get all that. You're going to get the box, you're going to get like the inserts, all the stuff that usually comes with it and nothing's mm. going to be missing and it's going to be in pretty decent shape. I have no idea why, you know, in America you buy a used GameCube game, there's no case, looks like somebody rubbed sandpaper all over it and stomped <laughs> on it, you know, with some yeah. army boots and <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I don't see how that happens. Mm. But uh yeah, after we messed around in Akihabara we went back to our apartment, our mm-hmm. uh, Airbnb apartment. So, according to you, that was pretty pretty good place, like a fairly... Yeah, it's, I, I mean, the location, like you said, I mean, you're pretty close to Shibuya Station, mm-hmm. like a hop, skip, and a jump away, basically. And it's a pretty decent-sized place. It's what they would yeah. say in Japan, I think, like a 1DK. It's like one dining kitchen type of mm-hmm. a thing. Um, yeah, I mean... Definitely a hell of a lot nicer place than I stayed when I first came to Japan on like vacation. So. I would I would recommend um, doing Airbnb again. Probably like it was obviously your results may vary just considering like people different hosts and stuff. I guess, but right. the guy that we had in Japan for that part of the trip was um, really helpful, and the the place was clean and like. Yeah, you know, had like a little kitchen and everything, so that was useful. Because mm-hmm. uh, like Talia is a vegetarian too, so mm-hmm. we had to try and find food places where she could eat. Right. And but like one or two nights, we just stayed in and like made pasta and stuff. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we, you know, we wouldn't have been able to do that in a hotel. So right. I mean, Japanese hotels have a lot of stuff inside of them, but I mean, they are small. It's just a room to sleep in, basically. Mm. <laughs> but. One thing that, um, you know, because I wasn't sure how easy it was going to be to get around and, like, um, understand things. Because mm-hmm. we haven't, we don't know any, me and Talia didn't know any Japanese. We didn't really, you know, even brush up on anything before we went. So we, <laughs> we survived the whole two weeks with, like, zero Japanese. Um, and it went a lot smoother than I, like, kind of feared it might have gone the other way mm-hmm. originally. Um, but... Yeah, the trains and everything were super easy, really, once you sort of done it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Like, I was even surprised at, like, just, like, the ticket machines that had, like, English language options and stuff, so that was mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Um, and that coupled with, like, Google Maps and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty smooth, like, trip overall for that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, after after being here for so long and then just kind of knowing maybe the good points and the bad points, it's kind of hard to put myself into the same shoes as somebody that's coming for the first time, doesn't know any Japanese. You know, I, sometimes I look at some of the things and like, well, that, that's shit. Why, why do they do this this way? That's going to definitely confuse somebody, you know, or something. But I don't know, it sounds from all the accounts that you're saying right now that everything, you know, seemed to go by pretty smoothly. And that, that's great. So maybe Japan is ready for the Olympics in 2020. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, yeah, especially in Tokyo, uh, even if someone, if we like, someone didn't really fully speak English, like say like a waiter or something, they they sort of understood what we were trying to get at anyway. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't like a big 
problem in that regard. Um, another thing I would recommend if anyone was going to go to Japan would be to invest in like hiring this uh, pocket Wi-Fi thing so your phone can like have internet all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. It's basically like a little box that you know receives a 4G signal and makes a Wi-Fi hotspot for your phone and stuff. So right. Without that, it would I don't know. There's free Wi-Fi around in Japan, but it's much more convenient to have it on you like 24-7. Right. And another thing about the quote unquote free Wi-Fi in Japan, a lot of the times, a lot of it's like uh, kind of coupled with carriers here. Like Mm. the carriers will have the the Wi-Fi set up in places. So if you're one of their customers, you can get it. But if you're from another country, you'll probably say, oh, cool, there's a Wi-Fi thing that I can't access. (laughs) Um, But Another thing that we got... Um, was you know this is a more common one I guess but the Japan Rail Pass uh-huh. was um, pretty handy once we actually you know used it a bit more. <laughs> um, the, it does, obviously it doesn't cover like you know the subway system and various some train lines. Right. Uh, but once you work out the lines that it works on, it's like pretty pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that also includes like the the bullet train stuff too, doesn't it? Yeah, we used it on the bullet train, so we didn't pay anything. We went from Tokyo to Hikone, mm-hmm. and then to Kyoto, and then back to Tokyo without paying for any like train fare. Oh, technically we did pay for it, but we paid for it before we left. So right, and man, I mean, riding on the bullet train—that stuff really adds up. If you're just buying the tickets like piecemeal, like going all yeah. the way down from mm-hmm. Tokyo to like Osaka, Kyoto area, it's usually about something like three hundred bucks <laughs> or something. Mm. Um, yeah, and I mean, you add on like other places like Hakone or something. That, yeah, that that, that stuff can really add up very quickly. Yeah, speaking of uh, Hakone, it mm-hmm. was a nice little two-day like stay there because we'd been in Tokyo for like five days mm-hmm. and sort of gotten used to that. But then going to like this sort of more rural, sort of foresty area, it was a nice like change of pace. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really nice, like the winding roads and the slight like, the really green forests and stuff. Mm-hmm. We had a tour guide for one of the days. So mm-hmm. we went into like up to Lake Ashi. Mm-hmm. I think it's got a longer name, but Lake Ashi, which mm-hmm. is like near the volcano, up, up the top in the mountain sort of thing, near the volcano and stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, what did we do? We went to see a like a shrine we like the gates you know, there's like those big orange gates mm-hmm. there's like one at the water's edge there oh cool it's probably like in a lot of photos from, for that area and stuff mm-hmm. um and then we went to the like a section of the old Takedo road which is that like road that was one of the first roads that was connected from tokyo to it connected like tokyo and kyoto and stuff like that right and um, it was, like, the first, one of the first, like, policed roads, apparently, so people could actually travel safely mm-hmm. without getting killed or robbed, I guess. Right. If you've ever seen Roroni Kenshin, the anime, that's, I think that's the road that Kenshin actually goes to and fro when he goes from, like, Tokyo to Kyoto. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's anime, but <laughs> kind of based I think on it took, like, I think, I think it takes, she said it takes, like, two weeks to go from Tokyo to um, Hakone. Oh, man. So, you know, something <laughs> like that. Jeez. Um, yeah, and there was like a, also like a little samurai village recreation, mm-hmm. um, on the water's edge there as well, which is cool. It's like they'd rebuilt 
you know, like houses and like the samurai halls and stuff, I guess, where they used to do various things. <laughs> um, yeah, so the place that we stayed at was a ryokan as well mm-hmm. in Hakone. So those rooms were quite cool, and you had like the fold out futons on the floor and the tatami mats and mm-hmm. stuff like that i i hope um, your your first uh experience with the ryokan was better than mine um i went to one probably about six years ago with my girlfriend at the time and man so we had you know a shared bath with everybody where i mean you have to take turns to take baths so you know whatever that's fine it was really cheap anyways but the yeah. thing that really kind of was annoying was that the walls were like so paper thin. I mean, it's Japan, right? The walls are made of paper. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that kind of sucked. So you could hear like everybody moving around and doing stuff. So that was kind of annoying. That was actually like a problem in our Kyoto Ryokan, actually. Oh. Our neighbors, like the neighbors on that place were like, they were really loud for some reason. <laughs> like... I think I was listening to the I was listening to the Famicast mm-hmm. while I was there, like because they were so loud I couldn't get to sleep. So, jeez, <laughs> so, wow. it's like midnight. Why? Why are you like, lo- like being loud? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, back to the place in Hakone, though. The they we, our dinners were included, so every night they um, brought out like traditional like Japanese sort of like dinners awesome awesome like they gave like talia vegetarian sort of option oh great that's good that they had that okay yeah so they they did something for her and then um mine were like it was like the second night it was like raw fish and Mm. like a bit of um like three little bits of steak and a couple of other things i can't quite remember exactly Mm -hmm. but um the raw fish and that was like i did i tried it i was like "Eh, actually it's not too bad because i didn't think i would like I don't know, a huge fan of seafood, so... Mm-hmm. But, um... The fish was, like, sweet. It sort of tasted sweet, so... It was kind of good. Do you remember what kind of fish it was? Uh... No. Do you know what it, it was, Do you know what it looked like? I didn't like? know what it... We didn't know what we were getting each night, because it was, like... We would sit down, mm-hmm. and it was basically already prepared for us, so... Okay, okay. Um, they didn't really tell us what it was. Um, did, did you guys ever try much Japanese stuff back in Australia? Um, aside from sushi, like Tali eats sushi, mm-hmm. that's about it, really. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. Um, but yeah, there was also a normal like buffet as well, so you could eat what you wanted from the Japanese dish that they gave you, and then go over and get sort of like whatever you wanted, like bacon and sausages and things like that. Pizza and hamburgers. Yeah, there was pizza. Oh, it really? was like <laughs> There was well, the first night there was um a guy like sitting over on like a little area make basically like making fresh pizza oh nice and um also there was like some like french toast and things like that mm-hmm. which is cool yeah, yeah right on uh yeah while we're in Hokone, i did try the i went down to the baths mm-hmm. on my on the second night mm-hmm. so tried that out there's like three other guys in there at the time yep that's how it, that's yeah. how it works <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, you know, it went all right. Yeah. Um, oh, well, the first time I was ever in an onsen, you know, the public bath, I was I was a university student, and I was here, and I got to see, like, two of my professors butt-ass naked. That was kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I was like kind of paranoid I was going to do something wrong, like you know, <laughs> didn't clean myself long enough or something. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, I was like, oh, I'm pretty clean. But <laughs> the guy next to it came in after me, he was like sitting there for ages. Then I realized he was like shaving and stuff. I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> they didn't want you to shave first, did they? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you must have just wanted to shave then. Yeah, I think you were sitting think... there for like 20 minutes. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, you can only get so clean, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I only ended up staying in the water for like five minutes. It was yeah really hot, so yeah, that's and, all I really needed. But and that's a, that's a thing too for uh, people that don't know. And we might have talked about this before as well. But yeah, what typically what Japanese people do is they before they get into a bathtub, be that at their own house or at a public bath or whatever. You know, they'll clean their body first and then they'll get into the bathtub as like a relaxing thing. Uh, mm. Soap, shampoo, shaving cream, all that is just totally off limits for the bathtub. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was, yeah, that was kind of weird for me at first, too, but whatever. It's just different, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, after Hakone, we went down to uh, Kyoto. Mm-hmm. And again, yeah, we stayed in a Ryokan. It was a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, rooms there but it was still you know still good um and the first thing we did in kyoto was go to the pokemon center because it was like a 20 minute walk (laughs) so we went down to the kyoto pokemon center nice and you know it was just inside a department store it was kind of less sort of special than i had imagined i was expecting sort of like an apple store style like (laughs) shrine to pokemon but uh (laughs) It was more like, yeah, just in the toy section with like a, you know, a clearly designated Pokemon sort of area. I mean, it was just technically its own store, but uh-huh. it was just sort of, wasn't it quite as extravagant as I sort of imagined it might have been. Yeah. Um, but we bought uh, like Pikachu teacups, mm-hmm. Japanese teacups, mm-hmm. um, which was like the, on the side of them, they had the two Pikachu that was like the... Low, uh, the mascots for that store they're like pikachu in kimono oh nice okay um so they're they're kind of cool um what else did we do we did went to the inari shrine which mm-hmm. was really cool mm-hmm. the um with all the gates all the orange gates that yep. you walk through and walk up the mountain and stuff mm-hmm. you've, you've been there or? i think yeah god when i went to kyoto for the first time I could barely speak any Japanese. I was with a German friend of mine from university. He could barely speak any Japanese. We had no idea what any landmarks or shrines or temples were. We just walked mm. around. <laughs> so I saw a lot of things. I do remember that one, though. Yeah, it's like they filmed, yeah, I think they filmed like parts of Memoirs of a Geisha in there, mm-hmm. if you've ever seen that movie. I haven't, but that's very possible. It's a pretty good movie. You should <laughs> yeah, check it out one day. But, um,. We, it was like sort of raining that day though, and I didn't realize how extensive that shrine and like the the pathway was. Mm -hmm. I just figured it would be like, oh yeah, we'll go there for like 20 minutes or so, walk, walk through it and come out. But it just kept going. And then I looked up, (laughs) it was like, oh, to get to the top of the mountain, it's like up in the mountain and then back again. It's like four hours. Jesus. So we, you know, turned around, but we saw enough. We saw Mm -hmm. enough. And sure. yeah, like I said, it was raining and it's kind of just like a miserable day. So right. we just, you know, called it quits halfway up basically. But Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone will fault you there. <laughs> <laughs> and then on our, the next day after that, we went to, um, 
uh, it's near Osaka, I can't remember the name, but it's where we went to the Osama Tezuka Museum, mm-hmm. which is the creator of Astro Boy and it's not in, the White Lion. And it's not like in that. Nara, is it? It's in Takahazuka? Takahazuka? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's not sure. that far sure, from sure. Osaka. Okay. Um, but that was cool because I, I've sort of, I like a lot of his sort of works and things and mm-hmm. going to the museum where you can sort of see, you know, original drawings and bits and pieces was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I coloured in a picture and left it there. So, you know, a little bit piece has been left behind. It's one of the, it's one of the classic pieces of art that he actually drew in black and white. You just coloured it in <laughs> with crayons. It's okay. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, this needs a bit of colour. <laughs> Um. Hmm. So, hey, one question about Kyoto. Uh, did you track down the Nintendo headquarters and head there? I thought about it, but I didn't end up doing it. Oh. I was that... like, uh, I looked it up on Google, and I think I would have had to get a train and then walk for such and such. I don't know. I considered doing it, but we were doing other things, and it just didn't like work out, really. We like. Basically, just to walk there, stand outside the building, take a photo, is like, it wasn't <laughs> worth it to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, it, I'll tell you, it sure as hell was worth it for me. That was, when I first went to Kyoto, that was the first place that I went to after our mm. bus got to Kyoto Station at, like, 5.30 in the morning. By 8 o'clock, <laughs> we, we did find it using, like, you know, a physical map, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, what are yeah. those? Yeah, exactly. This was, shoot, like, nine years ago, I think. Mm. So... Yeah, yeah, if we ever go back to Kyoto, like, we didn't do everything. Like, we're only there uh, for, like, three days. Uh-huh. So we didn't do, like, a lot of stuff. But we could have, Well, we could have planned it out a lot better, that's for sure, mm-hmm. most likely. Like, we did, like, <clears throat> we enjoyed being in Kyoto and doing the stuff we did, but, like, we could have done more or, like, yeah, like, made better use of our time, basically. But Sure. Yeah. Next time, next time. Yeah, yeah. We did go to the, like, the historical sort of streets mm-hmm. in Kyoto one afternoon, though. Mm-hmm. Like, where they're, those, like, buildings are, like, what is it, the old-style buildings and all that. Right. And people walking around in yukatas and kimono and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, yeah, we basically got there, like, five o'clock, though, so... Oh. Everything was, there was still stuff open, but it was sort of winding down for the day. Right, right. Because um, it took us a little longer than we thought to get there. But, mm-hmm. uh, oh well, we, we went there and mostly enjoyed it. Talia had a bit of a headache, so. Oh, from being there? Let's uh, <laughs> for me, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, we didn't, oh, going back to Hakone for a sec, yeah, we went to be able to, we were meant to have been able to see Mount Fuji from there, but it was cloudy on the day we went sort of exploring, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we couldn't see it. Yeah, that, that's Jeez. the thing. Like, this time of year in the summertime, it's uh, it's usually sometimes it's too hazy to see Mount Fuji unless you're really super close, or it's just a really mm. rare, very We actually saw day. it on the train uh-huh. um, going back to Tokyo, hmm. like sort of its silhouette, basically. It was still cloudy, but you could tell that it was Fuji. Right. And yeah, I mean, even from where I'm at here in Saitama, from the school where I work at, if I get on like the fourth floor in the wintertime in particular, I can look out and see, you know, Mount Fuji pretty clearly. I mean, it's, you know, it's mm. really freaking far away, <laughs> but mm. I can still see it. Um, mm. Just, yeah, it depends on the time, time of year and luck, I guess, too, you know. 
we went well we went to the Tokyo Pokemon Center as well ah. and also in that shopping center there's like a big observatory thing on the 60th floor mm-hmm. you have to pay to get into but it has like sort of things to do up there mm-hmm. aside from looking out the window <laughs> um, it's called the Sky Circus Sky Circus not Sky Tree Sky Circus no it's called Sky Circus yeah okay. um, which was pretty cool like we got like photos looking out into the city obviously but then there was like a room that was completely mirrors like on every surface and they projected uh patterns into the room uh-huh so it was like kind of cool and then there was like you know it's this little it's not all that great but it was kind of cool it's like kaleidoscope <laughs> things in the walls and it's like little you know little activities for little kids to do and stuff like right. it's sort of like more, a little bit of fun compared to you know just having you go up to the top and that's sort of that's it but <laughs> there was vr stuff that we didn't do because we have to pay extra to do it uh-huh. there's like a cannon like yeah a physical <clears throat> cannon people got into like a prop cannon uh-huh. and they put vr head like heads on on you and like i guess it looks like it feels like you're getting shot out of the cannon <laughs> <laughs> wow and then there was like a swing where you sat on the swing with a vr headset and uh it was like you're on like a roller coaster going around like the outside of the building, like the area that you, where where we were. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So that was seemed cool, but yeah, it was extra money to do that, so we passed on that. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, the other thing that we did was Disney, which we spent twelve hours there. <laughs> so, <laughs> God we rest got there your soul. As it was opening and left, like pretty much as it was closing, so. Mm-hmm. And that was cool. Like, I'd never been to a Disneyland before, so it was, I don't know. I didn't really know what to expect, I guess, going in, but it was pretty fun. Sure. And this was Disney Sea or Disneyland? Disneyland. Okay. We didn't do the sea one. Okay, okay. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, like you, man, before I came to Japan, I'd never been to Disney ever. Just because where I'm from in America, it's just so far away to go to California mm. or Florida to go to Disney so we just never did you know when I was mm. a kid but when I came here I had a friend that they had some kind of extra tickets or something from their company and they just invited me to go so I went to Tokyo Disney Sea but I've never been to land <laughs> so yeah we went on the uh we went on the Star Wars ride there oh, too oh god I'm so jealous which is cool um like the seats move and it also had you had 3D glasses so it all felt like you were falling into the screen and stuff it was, god I might throw it's cool there's like a section of it yeah we we're trailing the Millennium Falcon on Jakku from episode 7 mm-hmm. so I was surprised that there was episode 7 stuff but yeah I think cool. yeah I think that just started a few months ago actually mm. they they did the conversion thing after the the movie um, came out and stuff mm-hmm. one thing that I don't know if you remember, you probably do, but when we were in Akihabara, you know, we went to like an arcade and um, <laughs> I remember, well, I know for myself, I, I played this uh, quote, oh, that's right. yeah. quote unquote mm. cool Star Wars game that I think was made by <laughs> Konami. <laughs> mm. There was a Konami logo in there, but it's, it was cool. It was like, kind of like a pod that you get into and then they have kind of like the... Uh, uh, you're in like an X-wing and you're shooting down Tie fighters and stuff, but it seems kind of like scripted and and weird. You, there weren't really a lot of like it wasn't arcadey in the sense of like a Rogue Squadron or something where you shoot and something your your lasers just go out. It seems like you could only shoot 
whenever you were locked on to another ship, which was very weird. <laughs> but, mm. you know, for like a couple hundred yen, it was, I was like, okay, whatever. That's totally fine. Yeah, actually, while you were in that, though, this some this like Japanese guy just strolled oh. up and started mashing out DDR crazy <laughs> style, like the, the hardest difficulty, basically, and just like mesmerizing. Yeah, it's like I, I I rarely go to like game centers and arcades here, but and every time I have, I don't think I've ever seen anybody even playing DDR. So I was just kind of mesmerized as I got out of the pod, and I was like, "What the hell is going on? This guy is going crazy!" <laughs> I mean, you know, leaning on the bar and everything, and just going nuts. It you know, was... they're serious when they lean on the bar. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I just had the thing at home, and I just had to maybe lean on my you know dresser or something. It's just not the same. <laughs> yeah. It did remind me, though, I also, I should, yeah, mention this. Um, we also, aside from meeting up with you and Akko, we met up with uh, Matt Walker and his family in oh, Osaka. nice, nice. The, the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't really do much, but we just sort of chatted and sort of walked through, like, these pretty much long, long streets of, like, shops and stuff, basically, mm-hmm. that's in Osaka. And um, we, we got lunch and... That was basically it, but yeah, um, his his family is really cool, and mm-hmm. um, it was really fun like meeting up with him and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and we also met up with uh, Ty. Oh, nice. Okay, I was wondering if you guys had a chance to meet up with Ty. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, because, well, luckily, I guess luckily I listened to the family cast and like he's like, oh yeah, Ty, I should see if he's free, and then he just happened to be sort of like free the last Sunday we were there so we mm-hmm. met up with him in the afternoon nice. it's actually the day we got back to Tokyo so we travelled on the train did all that stuff and then met up with him like in around 2 o'clock or something cool cool and um we were pretty tired so sorry Ty if you just seemed like kind of not enthusiastic about anything <laughs> <laughs> um it was fun going like he showed he went, we went to yeah, Iki uh, what is it it's a place like 20 minutes away from Shibuya and it has like arcades and stuff and Ty used to go there all the time. Mm. I can't pronounce the name for some reason. I probably just don't know. I'm not cool like Ty, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we went to like a few different arcades and um, basically just played the claw machines and, and stuff like that. <laughs> um, Ty was you know, just trying to win stuff on the claw machines and uh, we, I tried a few, didn't win anything. And yeah, we, Talia, I think, got a capsule. That's right, I got a Splatoon capsule um, as well, hmm. which is like one of the XP badges sort of thing oh, from okay. Splatoon. Okay, cool. And, um, yeah, so it was it was fun. And, uh, you know, we experienced uh, a train delay in Japan. Oh, great. Because on the way, to, on the way there, um, mm-hmm. the train stopped at a station for like, I don't know, half an hour or more because apparently there was some accident or someone had you know tried to jump on the tracks or something like that yep. and it delayed everything so oh, that's always fun mm. <laughs> well at least you didn't have to see anything disgusting yeah right <laughs> <laughs> we don't really know what happened but it, it seemed likely that's that was the cause so yeah typically it is it happens a mm. lot but yeah, I didn't realize that you got to meet up with Matt and Ty. That's great. So, hey, you got to meet up with almost the whole family crew. We almost met up with James, but yeah. it didn't quite work out. Right, right. So maybe next time we can meet up with James. Yeah, yeah. 
he did recommend he did uh, recommend us to go to a vegan um, ramen shop though in uh, Tokyo Station, mm-hmm. which uh, that was like our third day there or something, and we just finished on the Imperial Palace Gardens, mm-hmm. which is all right. Like it wasn't. It's, I thought it might have been a little bit more spectacular, but it was just a lot of green yeah, stuff. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But um. Yeah, it just took us forever to try and find this ramen place because we're on Google saying, oh, yeah, it says it's there. It says it's in a place called Keo Street and on Google Maps. So, okay, we'll walk around the station. And then, like, it took us a while to work out that it was inside the station, like, after the gates where you pay. Ah. So we used our JR pass to go in and go get ramen and then um, <laughs> used our JR pass to leave again, basically. <laughs> I mean, if you're a normal person in Japan, you have to, just to do that, it's stupid. You have to, like, pay, you know, 100 yen, 150 yen or something just to get in. Yeah, and it was, there was this massive, like, so much, there's so many, like, different, like, areas to go in that station and different areas. And it was, like, this little tiny restaurant tucked away, like, the end of a corridor or somewhere. Like, it was good, though. It was worth going. I mean, on the flip side, obviously, people that are maybe in transit and want, especially at oh, a yeah. station like that, yeah. want a good place to eat. There's it's mainly because of... we didn't quite understand that it was inside the station. <laughs> yeah. um, I just thought it was like on a street outside the station, basically. Well, maybe we should blame James's directions. I'm pretty sure he did say it was inside, but I just okay then took that as like <laughs> I don't know, just a, a rough guideline. I guess I didn't really pay too much attention to it until later. Nice, um, yeah. Because <laughs> we knew the name of the place, so we just typed that into Google. Mm-hmm. We didn't really refer to Twitter. His Twitter message. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Nick. Well, do you have any closing thoughts or additional things that you might want to say? about your time here in Japan? Good, bad, sucked, you never want to come again, or what? Well, after the first day, we're like, oh, we just want to go home now. Ah. We're over it already. <laughs> it's like, it was so tiring. It would have been up for like, you know, over 24 hours, basically, because mm-hmm. we left um, Sydney at 9.30 at night, mm-hmm. and it was a nine and a half hour flight, so we hadn't slept for like ages. So. Right. Um, but yeah, it was... It was really good. Mm-hmm. We'll definitely go back. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Mm. All right, Nick. Well, uh, thank you for coming on the Famicast and chatting with me about Japan. Um, yeah, I hope we get to meet up again soon sometime. I, like I told you when you were here, I'd really like to go to Australia sometime and just to... Yeah, yeah, well, our house is almost finished, so you can come, you know, anytime. I could stay for months and months and months. Is that uh, cool? Yeah, I guess you could stay for months if you want to. <laughs> I'm not paying for anything either. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this segment. So we're going to go ahead and take another quick musical break and get back with the other guys for the rest of the show. Thanks, Nick. Bye. Thanks. Alrighty, so next, I had an idea for a segment. This could be a failure, and if it is, well, you know why. Worst idea ever. <laughs> it might be. But, uh, you know, after E3, one thing we didn't really get to talk about with Ty, because we're kind of pressed for time at the time, and uh, I wanted to get Ty's opinion about kind of the the whole 
way, I, the whole way that Microsoft's going with their new, uh, with their consoles and stuff like that from here on, with the new versions and essentially new SKUs, more or less like a family of systems, uh, kind of like for the home console. And uh, hi, well, first of all, can you tell us a little bit about what they're doing and then maybe what you think about it? All right. So uh, what Microsoft is doing, they're doing like three things. First of all, they're going to release a, a slim Xbox One. Good idea. No, no surprises, no weird stuff there. But they're planning, like, for holiday next year is the next uh, Xbox system. Bad idea. Well, what they want to do is that they're trying to stay ahead of Sony because uh, Sony has also got something in the works. Right. Good. And, uh the thing is, uh, they're saying like 100% reverse compatibility. Mm-hmm. So good maybe, idea. Yeah, maybe less so new system. Well, it depends how you look at it, really. Like, is it a new system? I would say yeah. It's like um, it's like Nintendo did with the the 3DS, right? Right. They released a more buff version. Oh, the that, Wii Mini. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's talking about like, the, the Wii Mini is the best console ever made. Yes. If you say so, I don't know what that is even. It has no in, no internet, no GameCube ports, no SD port, and uh, looks like a hamburger box. Wow! <laughs> and it's I only ninety nine dollars. I wish I was dead. In... <laughs> I actually, that was a huge setup for a joke. It was it's a Wii without internet. Uh, hey, uh, yeah, no. That, what's, what's the difference from any other version of the Wii U? Hey, <laughs> anyway. And uh, the other thing is uh, they're saying all their first-party games will also be playable on Windows, and they're right. all cross-buy. Good idea. Yeah. I love cross-buy games. Yes. So, Ty, I... I thought, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought the the new Xbox One Slim that's coming out, I thought that thing had 4K disc compatibility. 4K, it, it, it's, it can output like 4K and stuff. Is that did I, just... I? No, it's it's the same hardware. Okay. Okay. As far as I know. I just have to step in here real quickly for a very rare. Danny was right. Actually, the Xbox One S does support 4K. Boom. That is all. But it's got like HDR or some bullshit. Yeah, well, well, the one they're releasing next year, code name Scorpio. <laughs> yes. From now on, we're gonna call it Hank Scorpio. Um, <laughs> like, like the bullet points are 4K gaming and VR. Mm-hmm. So they're pushing those. Right. And uh, they they also seem very determined to. Uh, have the strongest uh, console in terms of hardware, mm-hmm. horsepower, if you will. Because yeah. they don't want to be behind Sony again. Yeah. Is that really the reason why Xbox One failed? Is because it wasn't powerful enough? No. Well, I wouldn't say it failed either. But no, Failure. the main thing against uh, the Xbox One was it is still that that PR disaster they had at the first E3. <laughs> Right. It soured the market so much on it, even though they walked back every terrible thing that happened. Yes. Hey, Ty, deal with it. Huh? <laughs> right? 
I, I, I mean, love how I love how that one hashtag just like destroyed the entire company and the console. Uh, Beautiful. Uh, I mean, like I think they deserve some props for like listening to the consumers and doing an about face on everything. Right. That no, was it, terrible. It is, true. it is true, actually. And like I was lo- like looking back on like my tweets from like roundabout when it came out, and it went from just like laughing at Microsoft and just like just giggling with joy and how they're just putting their foot in their mouth and internally imploding to actually realizing, wait a minute, they're actually listening to people and they're actually fixing it. Yeah. And it's something that I wish Nintendo would do, like when they make some yeah, stupid, or stupid Sony. decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, maybe know. I've complained about the controller before, but let me tell you, the, the DualShock is garbage and it always has been. You know, and, I... Uh, Oh. Well, let me finish, let me finish. Go ahead. And, uh, their own internal testing uh, showed that people liked to have the analog stick on the left side rather than the control pad. Right, right, right. right. People like that. that better. It's more comfortable and sane and ergonomic and good. But they decided, no, we're not going to do that because branding. Right. And because, because Japan. Right. <laughs> So my takeaway from that is Microsoft listens to their customers. Sony doesn't. Right. Well, it's oh. like when um, when the Wii U when we found out the Wii U was going to be uh, region locked and people were up in arms and like, no, no, please don't do that, don't do that again. And then did they listen? Did they fuck? They probably region region locked it more, <laughs> just to spite the you know people. <laughs> right. Region locked the eShop and the discs. Fuck you. Yeah. Right. So I guess, you know, speaking of Nintendo, maybe this would kind of lead into the next point I kind of wanted to bring up. And, you know, obviously with, with Sony and Microsoft both kind of looking more towards like a family of systems with their home consoles, something that Nintendo has done with their handhelds for, you know, years. Yeah, yeah um, Nintendo has also been reverse compatible for the last how many generations? Yeah. So they, they, they always do the last console, don't they? They always right. do the previous one. Yeah, and farther back with their portables, even. Yeah, I I personally doubt they will do that with the NX, though, because I think the Wii U was such a failure that they'll probably just not bother with it. (laughs) Like, especially with, like, discs, you know, compatibility. Maybe they'll do some kind of, like, online, like, you can download the games or something, but I don't know. Right, probably make you buy Metroid and Zelda for the 17th time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, you know... That type of stuff's probably a given, but I guess in terms of <laughs> <laughs> the, you know the hardware and maybe what Nintendo's going to try to do, do you guys think they're going to go with a similar type of approach that kind of might, not in the, not in terms of like making something that is the most powerful you know piece of hardware that's going to be on the market? Because I, unless you guys really think that's the case, because I honestly don't. Nintendo hasn't done any of that stuff since like the N sixty four days. <laughs> I think um, I think it'll be. Barely as powerful as a PS4 or Xbox One, and that'll be fine because that's all you need. Yeah, they're they're gonna go for cost effectiveness again instead of going for uh, yeah. Hardware. They can do that because if you think about it, the PS4 and Xbox, aren't they like gonna be like three three and a half years old by the time the NX comes out? So you know, right. th- those systems launched at four hundred dollars, so. I'm hoping that they'll be able to, you know, launch it like a more Wii price, you know, like 200, 250. Right. I would like, you know, people were like, fuck, you know, why not buy a second console? Who gives a shit? $250, yeah, I could do that. 
But if they do the four five hundred dollar thing again, then it'd be like, well, I'm already kind of in the Sony or Microsoft ecosystem. I won't bother. Yeah, that was kind of their marketing approach with the Wii. I think like they expected everybody to have either uh, like an Xbox or a PlayStation, and also a Wii. Right. It was Wii Wii sixty for a long time, right? Right. I don't know if that was like their. You know, right off the bat, I don't think anybody. <laughs> I really, I think think, that, think they said that like word for word at one of their press conferences, right? Yeah, not like not the initial one. Yeah, I think yeah, it was like a few years in. Yeah, right. years in they said, you know, we hoping right. customers, you know, they can have we for like additional experiences, you know, in addition to whatever you know, other consoles. Right. Yeah, I do remember that. Cyrus, what do you think about any of this stuff, man? I'm. I hate the new 3DS. Like I hate it with an absolute passion. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I'm not a fan of this iterative console hardware at all. Mm-hmm. When when I buy a console, I like to know that every game I buy for that console will be the same. Mm-hmm. But uh, what are you talking about? There's there's no game that well, there's like two games that only work on new 3DS. Yeah, I know, and one of them is Hyrule Warriors. Fuck that stuff. Ah. Oh, <laughs> well, and I guess the the SNES virtual console. Yeah, and all the SNES games. So, like, it really bothers me to know that I have this console, and even if Nintendo didn't embrace it, I almost feel they were afraid to embrace it, hmm. because exactly people like me would get pissed off that they can't play everything on the console they bought. Right. So, what is the point of making these new consoles if the companies are afraid to do anything with them? Well, they could do something more along the lines, kind of like what Apple does with their products. You know, it's like if you have like an iPhone 4, you can probably play some games that are new now. <laughs> um, but that but, in itself is the worry, is the probably. Yeah, but then, I mean, at that point, I mean, if you look at something like that, old devices like iPhone 4 came out in 2010, and it's been six years. I don't know. If, that, if your phone's still in good shape, after six years, you, you're a saint for taking care of your phone for that long, and that the thing just not crapping out on you. Well, the thing is, like with the with the smartphones, you know, you'd have to restrict it to iPhone, but like smartphones in general, you know, software works, but it's just incredibly slow. Right. Like you know, I've I've had you know, before when I had like a Gen two iPod Touch or something, I tried to run like new games on it, and it was just it was running at like five frames a second, but it opened. You know, it, you could right. run it. You know. But um, the things with consoles is that, you know, just games just don't work, you know. They're just not compatible anymore. Yeah, and um, so, like, so in that case, I actually like what the Xbox is doing, where the Scorpio is coming out, and it's got, like, VR and whatever. Like, VR is almost its own console, so I'm cool with that. Like, that's that's a significant upgrade. It's a completely different console almost at that point. I don't see that. I don't see how Nintendo couldn't do something similar, you know, where going into a similar type of thing where Microsoft, where maybe you gradually make your next iterations, you know, a little bit more powerful. And I mean, you don't necessarily phase out, you know, your initial console at least for maybe the equivalent of like a console generation. I don't have any problem with that. But uh, it, it gets. I, I get what you're saying, though, Cyrus, because then. If you have a console, the way kind of things work now, things are going to work on your console ideally. 
if you know for the whole generation. You don't have to worry about oh god, I can't get this game because it's going to run like shit. Or if I turn the 3D on in Hyrule Warriors, it's you know not going to you know whatever. Not um, even turn the 3D on. You try and play that in an original 3DS, don't don't even bother. Okay. Uh, Danny, Danny, I'm, I'm a bit confused by this feature now because I thought we were talking about like family of systems, but we're talking about like what's the NX, you know, point two, point three, point four going to be like? We don't even know what the first version of the NX is like yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think this. I think speculating about if the NX is going to be iterative should be left to after the NX is out, and then we can think, oh, okay, there'd be an NX S and an NX S point two or whatever. That is but, probably um, a very fair point. But um, I thought we were going to talk about, like, how, you know, Xbox and PC games are all kind of, like, you know, compatible or going to be in the future. Oh, like... And, like, that kind of family of systems. Like, you know, Sony has, you know, well, I guess for a lesser extent, like, the Vita and PS4 share some games, right? There are some games... The NX and the NX handheld be the family equivalent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they've, they've got the account. They've made us all make a stupid account with Mitomos, and they want us to keep that account across, you know, the NX and you know all future systems or whatever, right? So, you know, maybe that is a sign that they're going to be iterative, but you know, we can't really say yet, you know. Yeah. So any future versions of the NX, you know, you still got the same account or whatever, right? Right. Or maybe, maybe you set it up on the the home console, and then you buy the 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 portable one later, and the account. The account is the same across both or whatever. Mm-hmm. Something like that, right? We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> We're not RFN, so we don't have that sound effect. You know, that ring. No. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't know. We currently do not know what the NX is. Yeah. Which is kind of and an interesting point all by itself that we don't know. What Nintendo announced that thing recently where they're like, we didn't want to show it at E3 because we don't want people to copy us. Yeah, they always yeah. say that. It's bullshit. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Absolute bullshit. They just they they didn't have anything to show. But um, didn't uh, was it Nintendo of Canada rep accidentally said like we're gonna show something in autumn? Uh, I mean, uh, sorry, what's that over there? Look, there's a squirrel. Um, he said something like that, right? So I think yeah, we're not far off from the first you know reveal of. Probably TGS. Uh, I don't think so. But not not at TGS, but like around TGS. Yeah, okay. it could be right. Okay. Yeah, it could be right. You know, they did that with the Wii, right? The the remote uh, was announced like a day before TGS or whatever, right? Well, whatever they do, especially here in Japan, if they want people to actually get excited for the console, at least have it playable before uh, the thing launches. They did it. They did that with the 3DS. They did that with the Wii here, right? And but they did not do that with the Wii U at all. And unless you played Romance Against the Romance of the Three <laughs> Kingdoms 12 at you know TGS in 2000, unless you unless you sought out one tiny playable unit, yeah, in TGS. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you're basically screwed. You couldn't play the thing, and you know, from gamers that were on the fence, it, that 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 was a, a bad <laughs> a bad way to that was a bad weird. place to be. Yeah, right. it's Danny, like, Danny, you remember we we went to that TGS together, right? Like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was weird. Like we were we were trying to get our hands on the the Wii U for the first time ever. People in the right. states were playing, you know, the Zelda demo, you know, the non-playable Zelda demo, and Mario Brothers, uh, me as it was called at the time, and a couple of other games. And we were there, sat there playing Tanks, 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 and Romance of the mm-hmm. Third Freaking Kingdom. It was so bad. I, I fucking <laughs> so hated bad. it. I mean, it. I didn't play Tanks, Tanks, Tanks. Thank God, but I mean, you you took the bullet for us there. 
But yeah, I mean, it was just for this. Oh God, it, those are just like some of the worst things that you could have possibly played. That was just so, that. That was just so I could, um, you know, write that tagline. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Stank, stank, stank. Yeah, dude. <laughs> That's the reason. The only reason I played that game, so I could write about it. How crap it was. It's free to yeah. play now, right? Uh, a lot of it sure. is. Yeah, <laughs> sure, play yeah. the arcade. That's all I know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I really don't know where I was hoping to go with this feature. Um, <laughs> I don't think you felt this through, Danny. It's, yeah, it's no, not enough for something. It did seem a bit vague. I was. I wanted to see what yeah. was going on. It's okay. I, you can chalk up this failure to me. I think I, maybe at one point, like before going to bed one night, I had like a really great idea, and then I woke up the next morning and I was like, "Here's part of that." It probably sucked anyways, but you know, whatever. There you have it. But so, you know, I, I was actually talking about this with my students today. Um, we were talking about generations of consoles and like you know how we're in you know the eighth generation and stuff. And like um, people were talking about like how the next one is not going to be generation nine, but it's going to be generation eight point five. You yeah. know, like it, it's not really like a clear cut new generation. You know, well right. the NX is always like the outlier, isn't it? You know, yeah. Same, yeah. same with the Wii U. The the Wii U was a brand new. Xbox 360 when you know the Xbox One was coming out, right? It's, it was weird, and you know the NX is going to be the same thing. It's going to be like a PS4 as the PS4.5 comes out, you know. But right. it's only slightly behind this time, so I don't think it'll be that much of a big deal. Um, depends how VR takes off. I think VR is going to fail after a year. People are going to be sick of it and not bother spending the you know $900 to set it up. Even Ty if had some strong, Ty had some very strong opinions on it uh, before. Uh, maybe look at one of our last last couple of episodes and rip in peace. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I think I mean Nintendo even recently went out and said you know uh, about VR you know they're not they're looking into it but it's it's not going to be part of the NX because you know there's just no the what did they say exactly. Um, they didn't say it wasn't fun, but it's like it's not um, you're not viable at the moment. It's uh, it's really interesting that I've like when I first heard that that Nintendo were looking into it and they said it wasn't viable, that half of the news sites I've seen are all reporting is like, oh yeah, Nintendo said VR is not viable, will not be on NX, mm-hmm. and then the other half of websites are saying Nintendo looking into VR, NX will have <laughs> VR. <laughs> <laughs> NX confirmed to definitely have VR at launch. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah exactly. That's how it works. I'm having uh, flashbacks to the Wii not supporting HDMI. That, <laughs> the first Wii? Yeah. 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 Well, that, I think that, I think um, I think Iwata famously said, you know, most people don't have HD TVs. Yep. Well, yeah, it was, it was actually technically true at the time, but unfortunately it became more and more untrue as the years went by, you know, literally like, <laughs> like two, two years later. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> later that year, everyone had a HDTV. Yeah, <laughs> it has 4K TVs. Famous last yeah. words, yo. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right, it's going to happen again. It's going to happen with 4K or VR or both. <laughs> like, we're going to... I don't know, 4K is still pretty expensive. Dude, yeah. it's come down. It's come down like half of what it was, even like last year. Um, yeah, give it, it like three months. It's color TV <laughs> nonsense. They're way too expensive. Right. Yes. 
but like there's no there's no 4K content. You know, that's what I mean. You know. No man, they there. You can now get like you know 4K Blu-rays. Like 4K. They just on Netflix has it, right? Netflix okay, has they have it too. Also, you can uh, you can probably patch your game with a 192 kilobyte patch to support 4K. Yeah. <laughs> just say it. Yeah, I'll never catch on. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, let's go ahead and close this disaster of a segment that I PCA. You guys kind of uh, rest in peace. Better. Rest in peace. My ideas. Good. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna take another musical break and be back with some of your feedback. All right, and we're back with your feedback. If you want to have your letter, comment, question, complaint, whatever, read on the air, you can email us at the Famicast. Wait, God, at Famicast.com. <laughs> Every fucking time, I swear. I, I keep thinking about it way too much. Or you can hit us up Episode on 83, ladies and gentlemen, 83. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we, did, when we didn't have the Twitter on top of this, I, I don't think I got confused as often, but... Or maybe you said it, James, before. I didn't, just didn't have any mistake. You can follow us on Twitter, at the Famicast, all one word, and get your stuff read on the air like these guys. And James, what do we got in terms of feedback, I guess, man? <laughs> well, we've got a comment from Austin Parker, who's a hacker alias at BroodWars64. So we talked about um, Mighty Number no. 9 getting a, quote-unquote, mediocre 30 out of 40 on Famitsu. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, Austin said, yeah, well, that it even got a 30 out of 40 tells me that at least some of the 4 million was well spent. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the money had to go somewhere, right? Have any of you played my number nine? Game. No, I have no. not. Yeah, I got it. I played the first couple of levels, and it's, you know, it's very mediocre. But Very I... mediocre. There you go. 30 out of 40? Uh, I'll finish before I, I, I raise my score. But okay. it's, a, it's an IGN 30 out of 40. Okay. I'll, send okay. it, I'll send you a check from uh, the publishers, see if you <laughs> can get that score up. Um, oh, yeah, the uh, we were just talking about, you know, five minutes ago about the uh, the comment about VR. It was uh, The quote was, it's not ready for mainstream. That was the quote from Nintendo. Okay. Um, which makes it unlikely. <laughs> unlikely that the NX will support VR. At least at the start, anyway. Uh, then, going back to YouTube, uh, episode 82, Time to Shrine. Hopefully you've all seen the video episode by now. Um, some people have commented on that. Uh, we always have nice YouTube comments. You know, no one's asking us to die or anything. At least not, not yet. Yeah. Uh, so, oh God, the only thing about YouTubers is that they have the uh, the craziest names. Here we go. M I Z one K three says uh, a female Ganon would be hot. Ganon <laughs> loves Link and hates Zelda because Link is in love with Zelda, but Zelda's not interested. <laughs> looks, like writing, <laughs> looks like he's writing his own little fan fiction there. <laughs> I know that's kind of the plot of Hyrule Warriors. The entire thing happens because this chick falls in love with Link and tries to steal him from Zelda. Oh yeah, that, I forgot about that. <laughs> she got she the one with the boobs. Oh yes, she has boobs. 
And then, uh, yeah, I love how Suave551 just says, lol. <laughs> that's, his, that's his comment. <laughs> um, the next one is from <laughs> Poof Tiger. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey. Poof Tiger says, um, the, le- the, ca- the League of Shadows? That's Batman. The Cave of Shadows uh, you do with Wolf Link is totally different from the Cave of Ordeals with Link. Same amount of floor, same concept, different, totally different fight. Uh, Korax had tree spirits, and they took the form of the Kokiri in Ocarina, or in Ocarina. Sorry, I'm losing interest here. Um, this is deep lore, I like this. Oh my goodness. But, anyway, Bill said they'll be issuing an individual amiibos at the release of the game, so you'll be able to buy the wolf amiibo separately. Right. Assuming you have the minimal three hearts for him without purchasing Twilight Princess. With Twilight Princess, you can have up to nine. So I think, yeah, I got confused with the game, didn't I? I said it was in the original Twilight Princess, but it was actually in Wind Waker. That's the one I was thinking of. The you know, the cave, cave yeah, the endless, uh, yeah, the endless cave uh, thing. Was, okay, okay. So it was in Wind Waker, but it wasn't in Twilight Princess. Um, but it is in the HD version of Twilight Princess. That's why I was confused because I, I knew I'd played that kind of level, but it was just the wrong game. <laughs> it was the game before that one. There you go. Cool. <laughs> so I think that's about it. Danny's uh, tweeting out the uh, official line account, uh, the Nintendo calendar. Yes, so, also yeah, follow, the, follow official the, Famicast. Famicast, the official Famicast line account. Oh, wait, no, there isn't, there isn't one. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> should, should we have a line account? I don't even know how to do God. that. No, you're old man online. with your flip phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, big kid, big time. No, no, no uh, yeah, I mean, Nintendo, every month Nintendo releases a couple of different, like, wallpapers and stuff for your phone, and they always do, like, a nice calendar because they don't give out calendars anymore with Club Nintendo, so this is what they do. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, no, the July one's pretty cool, very festive. Um, yeah, I like it. But check that out. So, All right, cool. well, we'll yeah, go ahead and yeah. take... One more final break here and then close out the show. So... Now it's time of the show where we give out Twitter handles that I won't fuck up. <laughs> starting with starting with my own. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can. Uh, it's at DannyViv, D-A-N-N-Y-B-I-V. Uh, it's been... Actually, yeah, I think I, we talked about this earlier, but I was just talking earlier on Twitter about uh, celebrating Independence Day here by cooking out uh, with some friends. Uh, James, how about you, man? Where can they find you? Yeah, um, I'm at Complicated, and uh, yeah, I tweet about uh, Nintendo, I guess. <laughs> okay. Not, some, some other things too, but you know, that's off limits. Right. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, Let, let's make an exit from this podcast as soon as we can. <laughs> okay. Ty, where can we find you, dude? Super Cat Drugs. I tweet uh, funny pictures and uh, the monologue from Hatred over and over. <laughs> cool. Good words to live your life by, I guess, right? <laughs> yes. 
maybe. Uh, Cyrus, how about you? You can find me at Celsi, and I have recently been freaking out about Skullgirls getting a mobile phone release. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Maybe via your Twitter. <laughs> Very likely. I am excited. Cool. All right, well, that's going to do it for episode 83. Uh, as always, if you guys have any comments, questions, any of that stuff, send, send your uh, questions and stuff in. That'd be great. Uh, but for now, we're going to go ahead and peace out and go to bed. So we'll catch you next time. Good evening. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you'll be launching the largest aerial battle in this history of mankind. Mankind. That word should have all new meaning for us all today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps it's fate that today is the, uh, the 6th of July. And you will once again be fighting for our freedom, not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, the 6th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the nights. We will not vanish without a fight. We will live on. We're going to survive. Today, we said, what do we celebrate? Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> the end of this podcast. Yeah, I always forget the last line. <laughs> <laughs>